What's up, Mr. Lot? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. How are you? Good, sir. Dude, I feel like I'm having deja vu all over a, again. A little bit. You ever get that feeling? Yeah, like where you feel like you've done it before, but yet here you are, and is it the first time? You'll never know. There's a dog with its nose in my mouth right now. One of my th- one of the things I learned from you over the years uh, of doing the two years years the two years of doing the show together is you don't like people telling you a story that you want to record, document, or broadcast. Yeah, because you get the shitty version the second time. You feel like oh, you've heard this before. So well, I, I think it's the person is self conscious that they've already told you this story yeah. and they don't like. Hey, I know when I tell a story, I tell it pretty much the same way because I feel like I've found the best way to tell that story, right? Yeah. But if I'm telling you a story <laughs> that you've already heard, well, shit, now i got to pick some new words. i got to put emphasis on different parts. You're not getting the best version of that story. So especially when it's something that I'm going to use for an edit, it's like, yeah, shut up, man. Unless the camera's rolling, save it. Save I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I say that because we actually recorded these ads already. And the dumb Asian guy who's driving the computer right now didn't know how to hit record. So, are properly. you saying we're going to have a less good version of these ads? I don't know. I think we're both full of good sh- uh, mean, bullshit, so we'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, so, sometimes have you ever had a, a project crash, like something you're working on the computer and yes. you lose everything and you have to do it all over again? But the second time, it actually comes out a little bit better. Take two. All right, here we go, guys and gals. Tonight's <laughs> uh, Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by Jelly Flea. Jelly Flea Creative. They are a web design company. They also do brand identity, marketing, all sorts of great stuff. And recently, Nick, do you know what they did for me? I believe they redesigned the Rating Center website. Is that true? The RatingCenter.com completely redone from the ground up. The only thing Kyle used from the old website is some of the content. In other words, like the description of what a coach course is or the description of what programs are. But he went on the internet. He found pictures from my social media. He found pictures from some of my uh, examiner social media and used those. He found pictures from some of what we do. He did a lot of digging and discovering himself to make sure he could create the best site for us. Sounds like a version of Gravity Lab Radio, huh? Yeah, he just bullshits and figures this stuff <laughs> no, out. I'm, right? I'm saying up to create the promo, you got to go stock people on the internet to, uh, to, oh, to find things that represent them well. And that's what I like, man. Kyle really understands my wants and my needs, and he's not afraid to ask me what I want and need and make suggestions above and beyond. One of the things we talked about in the first take of this ad is... This is ha- the first time. This is the first time. It's like the first time all over again. Oh, God. Uh, um, dude, I just, uh, anyways, I'll talk about that later. Uh, he, he listens to my wants and needs, but he helps me understand my wants and needs better. He gives me a better grasp of what's possible. And how, how do you think he manages this? What is the hardest part of communicating? The hardest part of communicating? Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't know. Being understood. Listening. Maybe for you. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, but how many people don't truly listen? Yeah, I think that a lot of people are waiting for their turn to talk. I think that's a fair thing yeah. to say. They're defending of like yeah, I, they've made decisions that they are interested in defending, and they've already drawn. Whoop, they've already <laughs> they've already decided their position. I love watching two people argue the same point and letting it go for a while because you're agreeing, guys, and it's like mm, mm, mm. okay, you guys done yet? This is where we're at. He does a great job listening. I, th- I think that's how he does it. And I also think he's done a great job educating himself. He, I've watched Kyle evolve. He actually started Jelly Flea Creative in 2006. Do you know where he started it? Uh, I believe he started in the STP room at Skydive Spaceland. You heard that as a rumor somewhere, didn't you? Uh, I've actually heard you mention that before. Okay. But it, it was it was further back in my memory. He would sit up there and he would create websites for one client here, one client there. And the client would need something completely new and different that he didn't understand. 
So he would sit there and watch tutorials, edit, design, make fake sites, do all this work till he could eventually do it to their site. He's not afraid to not know the answer, and he's not afraid to learn. And on our, on our website, he's actually using some new modules and new systems he's never used before. And he's gone through a lot of learning curves and, and that listening thing. There's times he presented me an answer in our conference calls, our phone calls, and I'm like, hey, man, I hear what you're saying, but what you just told me is I can do this, and that solves my issue that way. He goes, oh, that's perfect, yeah. By the way, DJ, I'm also going to use this module for another customer, so mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to improve their site as well. So aside from uh, the aesthetics and the look of your new website, what would you say is your favorite thing that he's, uh, he's changed for you? I really think the change of the site, my favorite thing, is functionality and ease of access to the customer. The old website, the, the navigation was pretty understand, understood. You could find out where you were going and not get stumped too easy. But when you got there, you, didn't always, you weren't always able to take in the information. He took the same knowledge, the same content, the same information, and he put it in a much, much better layout. And I really like how, for example, if you look at our tandem instructor rating page or any restructor rating page, it says requirements and a nice colorful block with check marks next to 18 years of age, logged 500 RAM air jumps. He makes it a checklist instead of a list of information. He makes it look like, hey, I've done that. Hey, I've done that. So the ease of understanding content and then accessibility to the customer now we uh, have the the ability, and we're and we're doing it right. O- Thanks, cat. You got the dog. I got the cat. Uh, we're going to uh, start putting this on the website right away. But if you want to book a tandem course, oh look, there's a tandem course. I want to register for that. You can leave your deposit online right away. So many customers try to figure that out, and, and I know it frustrates them. And they're like, hey, I just want to try to figure out how to sign up for this course. I'm ready. Well, hey, I'm lazy, and I don't want to pull out my credit card. Can, we, can I use Apple Pay? We got you covered, and that's <laughs> something, man. Book now. When you leave your deposit, there's a tab that says Book Now, and if you can actually use your Apple Pay on your phone, your Google Pay, your whatever, you can buy it now. So I just the other night, I actually bought a new uh, knife. I'm like, oh, I'll buy this new knife. I'm going to go on my phone. I'm going to say Purchase It. It's going to say Buy Now. I click my home button twice. It looks at my face and says, yeah, you're ugly. You can have the knife. <laughs> that sounds pretty sharp. Oh. <laughs> I see what you did there, did man. Did you get my point? Oh, <laughs> I did really. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, dude, I really like the uh, hella tight joke last week. Yeah, that was good. I don't remember what it was. That was strong. He, you're talking about his onesie. Oh, his onesie was, yeah, it's hella tight. Yeah, yeah you're funny. asking if it was uh, somebody else's because it was hella tight. That's good shit. That was good shit. So I really like that accessibility. But the other thing I liked a lot was the customer service Kyle provided. Um, I showed you some videos. I didn't show you the first video. Mm-hmm. When he first redesigned my site, a video, he sends me a link. Well, he sent a video in case, I mean, I'm not using this for you specifically, but that video would be super hard to misunderstand. It's super clear. I guess we didn't really talk about this, but the video is an instructional video for you yes. about how to navigate the website, both from the customer's perspective and from the back-end perspective yeah. of the website. And he sent it because I need it. And it, But it's a, <laughs> it's a screenshot of him going through and him narrating, and uh, it's a super good and easy-to-understand demonstration. Yeah, it's obviously personal because it starts with, Hey, DJ. <laughs> it's obviously personal because he called me an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, DJ. That's the same thing, right? <laughs> asshole DJ. Um, I just wanted to show you some things about your site, and he always starts on the homepage. So now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this, and to get there, we're going to click here. Something I actually already know how to do and understand, but I don't care. I put the video up, I put the website up, and I just start following steps, hitting pause, writing notes. And, and man, he made it so easy for me to learn the things to do. And, and really, it's a little bit unfair because the, the systems he uses, WordPress, and WordPress really is easy to use. It's very friendly to the end user. 
Um, not necessarily. I guess it's easy for the designer as well. He he claims to have a great time working with it. But for me, the end user, it makes it super easy. So between the WordPress process, the modules he's using, and, and the work that he's done, man, he has made my life so simple to understand. Yeah, there's websites out there that you can build your own website, and you can make them look dope, man. Erin's uh, put her own website together through uh, Squarespace or somebody like it, and it looks phenomenal. I don't have that kind of time. Kyle takes care of it. He does a great job, man. Check out jellyflea.com. Jellyflea, they're a large group of people. They do a wonderful job. If you need web design, if you need uh, logo graphic design, web hosting, you name it, he does it. And he's been the web host for the Rating Center for several years, does all our emails and everything, super proactive. Any problems we have, he tells me before we know it's a problem, he fixes it. He does everything he needs to do, and he just keeps me up to date and just does an absolute job. So customer service is by far the best thing he does, and he does a phenomenal job at website. What would make it any better, though? What would make it better? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, uh, love notes. <laughs> love notes. Man, if you heard version <laughs> one, that went so much better. Hey, DJ, I have a little card. Two days ago, my website was launched. Two days ago, we clicked live. And two days later, in my hand, hey, DJ, handwritten note, congrats on the launch of your new website. Let me know when you have uh, when you need help. That's going to be all the time. And how we can continue to improve. Thanks, Kyle. Man, he cares that, that so much. That showed up in the mail today? Yeah, dude. It's very sweet. Two days after launch, I get a handwritten note t- saying thanks for your business, thanks for helping, and he just offers me anything he can. Just, I swear this button was pushed. Because I, I saw it flash, the low battery thing up there, for maybe one second. And I looked down. Oh, hey, look. Hey, are we still recording? I don't know how much we lost. I don't know, man, but you either just listen to us cry and lose our <laughs> graces or, uh, hey, we're back, guys. So speaking oh, wait, of... Hell, what's the time code there? Do, do we have the whole thing? 958. Oh, we've been talking for fucking ever. Oh, my God. So Option Studios also is our other sponsor tonight, and we're going to give them a quick shout out because we have gone a little bit long on the ads tonight. Option uh, Studios. Wearing their jersey right now. It's extremely comfortable. Pro jersey. Why is that comfortable? Uh, well, honestly... The fit for me is my favorite thing about the jersey. Like all the cool things aside, like like the cuffs or the length for skydiving or the vents for skydiving. Like it just fits me really well and it's super comfortable. And lucky for me, I have a bunch of their jerseys and I really <laughs> like wearing them. Even even on days that I don't jump, I just I feel fucking cool in these jerseys. I'm not gonna lie. One of my favorite things is the smell or lack thereof. You know you wear a pair of jeans too many times, a shirt too many times, and that's more than once. You start smelling it, right? Sure. Especially when you jump or you're out on the field. The other day, I put on a jersey, and I've worn it. Now this is the third time. Now, granted, it's been winter. I've been wearing a cold base layer, which cold for us, right? So the jersey's been on top of me without a lot of sweat. So I wear it twice that way. Now I'm like, hey, I'm going to wear this. This was yesterday, just on my skin. It's a nice warm day, and I put it on. I'm like, it smells a little funky, dude. And I sniff. It smells great. It's the pants. I wore the pants only once, but I could smell the day's wear on the pants before. Doesn't matter how many times you wear a jersey, you you can put a stink on a jersey. That's one of my skills. That's one of your games. But dude, how do they smell after you've worn them? Man, a they hold up. Honestly, I uh, I have jerseys from other companies that hold that stink in, just just like a, a base layer can. Like some some of my Under Armour gets mm-hmm. super funky super quick. But uh, man, I've got a, I've got a little disgusting, but really have to bury my face in the armpit to to see if I've worn this jersey or not. So I love that look, though. You see people do it on the plane all the time. Is that me? I mean, I do it when I pull it out of my locker. Okay. It's, sometimes I take that. What's that noise? That's my dog. That's my oh, dog. That's, crazy. <laughs> That's my dog welcoming our next guest. 
But, uh, oh, is he here? I bet you that's the front door. Hell yeah. So, guys and gals, check out pullupcords.com. That is the home of Option Studios. Windblades.com? Windblades. I, I don't know if they have the site going really well Well, or not. they make windblades. They put pull-up cords. They make jerseys. They do graphic design. And uh, Adam Buckner's the fucking guy. And you know the next thing Gravity Lab Radio is going to be getting because he does all our graphic design. Next thing Gravity Lab Radio is going to be getting? Yep, right here, buddy. What goes here? Uh, you're pointing where I have big tattoos on my neck. My neck beard. About. Oh, you're, bu- you're buff? You're getting buff, buffs? dude. I, I, I uh, thought about today. I was working with Chris Fudal today. We were hanging out and talking some shit. We were looking at the new L&B buffs. And I'm like, you know what? I think it's time to throw out some Gravity Lab Radio buffs. Adam doesn't know this yet. But, buddy, you're about to be tasked. Guys and gals, pull-up cords, stickers, T-shirts, you name it, he does it. Makes the best jerseys on the market, best graphic design. You want something fresh, you want something curvy, you want it sharp. He has three designers under his uh, umbrella, and they have all different ranges. So check him out, pullupcords.com. You can find him as Option Studios on Facebook, on Instagram. I don't know if he's on the Twitters. But uh, check him out. Who uses Twitter? Any? I feel like tons like, follow Twitter, dude. No. Yes. Nope. Dude, not it, gonna do it. So it, I look at my phone enough. I don't need to stare at that thing anymore. Tons of MMA on Twitter, which is one of the reasons I'm mainly on Twitter. Yeah, it's because Joe Rogan uses it. Um, actually, I don't think I follow Joe on Twitter. I don't believe that for a second. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure I follow a lot of gamers. They actually are on Twitter as well. So guys and gals, check out Option <laughs> Studios on everything but Twitter. Fuck the Twitters. Thank you. Um, Twitter's awesome, guys. Uh, tonight our guest, I hear him roaming around the house, is. How good? How good is our next guest? He's pretty he's pretty good, I'd say. He's so he's good. He's got that goddamn mustache. We made a video for him. Oh, a video about a t-shirt that was also made oh, in his honor. Oh, man. It's not often you make a shirt for a friend. It's not often you actually put a video package together for him. Tonight, we get to know a good buddy of ours, Jackson Brockwell. Enjoy the show, guys. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentlemen. Gentlemen, Mr. Think. Yeah. I think I've started the show. I think I've done it. Dude, you're actually getting pretty good at being Justin. No, I don't know what you mean by that. Man, first of all, Mr. Jackson Brockwell, how are you doing, sir? Oh, bloody lovely. Dude, of all the guests we've had this year, and I've had a lot of guests I've really enjoyed, some people I've really enjoyed getting to know. We've had some great names, man. We've had Nick Batch on the show. We've had some really good friends of mine on the show. I have been the most excited, and I have struggled all season long not asking you to be on the show sooner. I don't know if you know this. Uh, I'm excited. Dude, since the day <laughs> I accidentally <laughs> killing me already. Since the day I met you, I wanted your ass on this show, man. Uh, I'm happy to be. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, you're seriously. You gotta, you gotta give me some tips on having a better Australian accent. I don't know, man. I just don't. Did I've heard that if you say beer can, like you're Jamaican? Wait, hold on. It's beer can and bacon. Be- beer can. Be- <laughs> beer can. Yeah, like you're Jamaican. <laughs> Fuck, I'm gonna have to look this up. Now I've now I've just gone and embarrassed Big myself. Can. Big can. But uh how about how about some good slang to start off with? Josh is usually the one who throws me my Aussie slang. 
Yeah, how you going, you bunch of good-looking Sheilas? Good fucking <laughs> Sheilas, hey? <laughs> Chasing some skirt, doing some Sheilas. Gonna go chase some uh, skirt later on. Down the local? <laughs> Down the local. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites that I learned from you this year is we were in the packing room and somebody was like, that's a cat's meow. And your immediate response was... That's a duck's nuts. The duck's nuts. And we had to ask, was like, is that a Jackson thing? He's like, no, it's an Aussie thing, mate. I can't believe no one's heard of it. No, man. It, it, it's It's... It's nothing we've heard of here in the U.S. So real quick, got to throw a shout out to our good buddy, Justin Grubbs. Justin, Mr. G, the ginger. He runs the boards. He runs the show. He's our producer. So put up with Nick Lot for the night because Mr. G is a little bit sick, a little bit under the weather. Uh, man, we feel bad for him. I think he's still recovering from that Astros loss. Oh, my God, dude. I, I, I think I mentioned on the last show, I don't really care if the Astros win or lose. Except for my homie is such a huge Astros fan. When they lost, I was heartbroken for him, dude. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I've never watched a baseball game, but I watched it. So, Th- did it make sense? Yeah. Did you, did you know how baseball worked? I had an idea, so it wasn't too confusing. But yeah, they they got beaten. I I visited New Zealand and I don't understand rugby nor cricket. And I watched, so I didn't realize it was like the World Series of cricket, whatever you guys call that shit. And I didn't realize that was going on while I was in New Zealand. In every restaurant, every bar I was in, the game was on, but it was muted. So I had two and a half weeks to figure out the (laughs) rules of cricket without hearing a word. Yeah, cricket's a bit boring for me. I enjoyed it just because I was trying to figure it out. And two weeks into it, so we had like half half a week left, we were visiting with a family. We stayed in um, um, bed bed and breakfast. So we were at a bed, bed and breakfast where they have this beautiful property. The family will show you around. Valerie and I got to go help uh, tend to the sheep as they were shearing them. It was a really cool family experience. And and the uh, son, we were talking, and he's like, yeah, man, the cricket playoffs are going. I'm like, dude, it's a playoffs. He's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I feel like I see the same teams playing over and over again. He goes, no, mate, you're seeing the tam- same teams play for like three straight days. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, that wasn't reruns. That was the same game. What, and What sort of games are you in? Do you watch cricket? No, not really. Do you watch any sports? Yeah, we have rugby league. Rugby? Ru- no, rugby league. <laughs> and then there's Pardon rug- me. What's the difference between rugby and rugby league? There's a little bit. It's similar, but yeah, they're different. So <laughs> rugby league's more of an Australian thing. So it's always on TV. What, like when I hear Aussie rules football, is this the thing? No, that's that's different. That's different. That's what oh, Tex that's what Tex used to play. Okay, so I still don't know anything. So rugby league's similar. Rug- rugby. Yeah, I can picture rugby, the movie Invictus about fucking South Africa and Scrums. Nelson Mandela. Yeah, so like they, they have like a crumb all the time. They call it like they always just bumping off each other and that. Like it's a crumb. That's what we. Call I it. thought it was a scrum. I, I a t- scrum. I, I meant I cooked that one. Okay, scrum. <laughs> <I> fucking <laughs> cooked that one. Yeah. Oh, a fucking crumb. Nah, scrum. Sorry. And um, but yeah, rugby league. We like get tackled, stand up, and then we what they call like play the ball. But in union, you kind of like just all jump on each other. And just, like, in union. Rugby, rugby, so we call it rugby union. Okay. Yeah, we put a union on the end of rugby. I still have no understanding of Dude, this game. I'm not the right person to explain it. But you fucking watch it. You told me you watch it. Yeah, but it's tricky. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Okay, well, let's not talk about fucking rugby anymore. Hey, what brings you to America? Oh, the jump package. <laughs> How good is the jump oh, package? It's bloody lovely. Best invention ever. <laughs> so you're from where in Australia? I'm from... Queensland's a state, but like I'm on the Sunshine Coast. So you have states like we do do here. Yeah. Okay. How many states are in Australia? Oh man, I don't know. What? 
How many states are in America? 50. Okay. 51 soon, Puerto Rico. Take it. Hey, I was asking, this is funny that I'm going to embarrass my poor girlfriend on the show, but I was asking Sam last night how many stripes there are on the flag. Do you know? Yes. I won't say it. And do, do you, you know, Jackson? How many stripes on the American flag do you know? No. I got no clue. Represents the initial colonies was your next question. Yeah, the 13 stripes on the flag are the original 13 colonies, right? And the reason that we... Uh, Sam has uh, a really good friend. They were on Family Feud like this this week. They're, the episode aired. That's and, so cool. And one of the questions <laughs> in Fast Money was name a month that has 31 days. And this girl, Tina, said April. And April has 30 days. And then I got into a conversation with Sam because she didn't know what days had... 30 days and what month or what what months had 30 days what months had less than 30 days and what months had 31 days do you know that april does not have 31 days 30 days has september april june and yes i do okay so <laughs> i have th- to do th- that this though. isn't gonna make sense do you know the knuckle trick it works great huh? okay so for people that are watching this they're, they're gonna get it but so if you start you hold your hold up a fist you start with the inside knuckle, the index knuckle. The index knuckle, that's January. Yeah. The first dip between the knuckles is February. March is the next knuckle of your middle finger. You, you got me so far? Yeah, April. Um, yeah, April's the next dip, May. My so you, you go on across if it's on a knuckle it's 31 days, if it's in the dip it's 30, yeah, right. 30 or less. And so I made fun of her friend that she didn't know how many days you know or she couldn't name a month with 31 days and so i just started asking sam other random questions and she didn't know how many stripes there were or why and then i just started making fun of her so hey congratulations you and my girlfriend both don't know how many stripes are on the flag yeah to be fair she's it, also a foreigner t- tell tell me what's the aussie flag like i don't even know what it looks like um it's got it's blue it's got the union jack and then it's got what we call the Southern Cross. Union Jack, hey? Yeah. Do you know what the Union Jack is, Mr. Loft? No fucking idea, but Google's about to make me look real smart. The Union Jack is the UK flag. It's a combination of the Irish. Oh, oh yeah. I know. It's Scottish. The, Scottish. And British flag. For many years, I thought the Union Jack was the British flag. And when I saw the British flag in the Olympics one year, that's just a white it's field a with yeah. a red cross, right? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? That's not the British flag. The British flag. And then I learned what the Union Jack was. Yeah. So uh, tell me what this flag means. Um, Do you know what it means? No. It's got Southern <coughs> Cross. Well, I know Southern Cross is like formation of stars in the sky. Yeah. I think, I believe, only seen in Australia. So they, didn't, they didn't teach you guys like in, in grade school about what this thing means? Oh, they probably did. But you were too busy fantasizing about the jump package. Yeah, I was too busy thinking about the jump package. <laughs> I want to. I want to be Blair Smith, mate. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna be like Blair when I grow up. Did we? Did we discuss that you're here on the jump package? Is that? Yeah, you said that. Right? <laughs> How did you find out about the jump package? Well, I um I started jumping at this like beach drop zone near my place, and like you had to have like a accuracy license to be able to land on the beach. So it was mainly a tandem factory. And I'd done a couple jumps onto the beach, and then one of the boys was going up, driving up the beach the next day to go paragliding. What's the name of this drop zone? Scottov Noosa. But um, N O O S A. Correct. I'm just just testing my memory. Yeah, Noosa. But um, oh yes, yeah, beautiful beach. Yeah, it's actually Coolum Beach. But I- is that the beach that we've seen Blair do some blind mans and stuff on? Yeah, so it's called okay. Stumas Creek. So it's a little creek that goes meets the ocean. So you see him swooping the um. I'd say it's a creek. But yeah, they'll go. the fucking Sunshine Coast, uh, hey? Yeah, the sunny coast, mate. Aye. They're bloody lovely. But um, 
Yeah, they were going to drive up the beach in a, like the next day or something to go do some paragliding off the sand dunes. And I was like, oh, I'll drive up and watch. And I need to give someone a lift. His name was Blair. So he jumped in. So I chatted to Blair for like an hour and a half. And he's like, ask him, you know, just how you got in the skydiving that. And he told me about the jump pack. And I was like, what the fuck, man? So like, I went home and Googled it. And I like messaged him the next day. I was like, you know, you're like the video or something, bro. He's like, yeah, man. <laughs> I had no clue. He's such a good dude, man. Blair Smith. Uh, yeah, what, what a phenomenal person. And, uh, man, what a good skydiver. Like, how, how quickly he learns is, is amazing. He is an outstanding student, an outstanding learner, an outstanding skydiver, and he's a better human being than any of that. He's a top bloke. For sure, top bloke. I want to take one quick second because we talk about the funny language. An hour ago, Jackson Brockwell post on Facebook, tune into Gravity Lab Radio tonight while I have a chin wag with them about <laughs> all things sky. Hey, let's go for a swing in the harney. <laughs> <laughs> That's DQ. Swing I didn't make that harney. I love that one. Yeah, DQ said to swing the old harney. I was like there one day. I think I was going for a jump. He's like, oh, you're going for a swing in the old Han. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, the swing in the old Han. That's what all the Aussies say. So I got on the line, like did a couple of jumps. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, no one says that, bro. He's like, yeah, they do. They all say swing in the old Han. And eventually like found out. I was like, no one fucking says that. It was just him. <laughs> Are you sure he's fucking with you? Or maybe some of the last year Aussies? No, nah, he was ago. fucking with me. He was just taking the piss. So I'm <laughs> really going to look up a swing in the old horn and see yeah. if I get it. It's so funny because here this whole time, I thought all you Aussies <laughs> said it. DQ's pulled the wool over my eyes, that <laughs> no, motherfucker. Man, he's just cheeky, bro. I, had no, nah, I was like. What a cheeky bastard. Because I was thinking, I was like, we say go for a lob. Like L O B. Yeah, I've heard y'all say like, that. We say that a bit. I was like, swing in the old horn. I was like, no one says that. Wait, that. It, in relation to skydiving, yeah, it's it's, it's a go. What what about a lob? We're going for a lob. Going for a lob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Going for a jump. Yeah, but what, lob and jump. What's the where's so you lob a ball over something? Going for a skydive. Uh, that's where I'm yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. But lob is that how you think of the word? Like I'm going to lob the ball to you. I'm going to toss yeah. you the ball. We're going to go for a lob. You're going for a toss. Like I'm for a lob. It sounds like you're going to play with yourself <laughs> yeah, now. That's what, I thought. <laughs> what do you think I do beneath this desk the whole time? You guys are talking. Toss. That wasn't you typing the whole time I hear this. It was getting quicker. Man, I. So, Nick Law, real quick side note, did the edit for Velocity Sports Equipment for the How to Measure for an Infinity. That's true. And today, Mr. Chris Fudala was at my house. We hang out and we did, we did, we just shot the shit. No work. We did lunch. Hey, bro, why are you here? I'm ordering a new Infinity. Measure me. Number one, I can walk you through how to measure me, but watch this video first. And dude, a killer fucking job on the video. It's silly, right? The, I didn't shoot any of it, but I did, I did the edit and uh, tried to make it fun. I have watched that video 99% of the way through, 100% of the time I've watched it. And here's how I know this. The very, very, very last second of that video is what? Fuck, I don't remember. I remember that there's a joke at the end, but I don't remember what it uh. is. You do your little sex noise. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I, I do the ooh in the middle of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Talking yeah. about measuring the crotch. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's good shit. Dude, I lost my shit. Like, Chris couldn't measure me for a second because I was like, oh, my God. Thank you, Nick Lott. <laughs> you fucking genius, man. That's good. I'm glad that they just let me have fun with that one. <laughs> dude, I, dude, I love the fact that uh, Infinity are, are pretty good at letting us have fun at whatever we do. Yeah, just we let, do they it. let you be skydivers. It's great. Yeah, man, not too serious, not too uh, uptight, and, and and I don't think any manufacturers that way. I just like how they are. Oh, yo, What's turn, turn the down. goddamn volume down. What's wrong with you, you fucking psychopath? This cunt goes all right. What's up, Maximo? How you doing, man? One of the things that we have is a limited <laughs> number of live viewers. Uh, more and more of our fans listen after the fact and they download it. As, as our live views go down, our downloads go up. 
and every now and then we see a larger than normal number of live viewers. And uh, tonight, it is a little bit larger than normal number yeah. of live viewers. I oh. think it's because no one likes you and they're all eager to see you <laughs> choke on oh, a man. live broadcast. So I saw, I maybe think your aunt shared that you're going to be on this. Something about my nephew, Jackson. Oh, no. Nah. I was like, my uncle. Your uncle? Yeah. Man, I definitely don't know the difference between sex names. Um, anyways, is there any family watching that we should probably not, you know, offend your mother? Oh, uh, I don't know. Nothing I haven't heard of it. What's your mom's name? Sue. Sue, how do you feel about Sue, Mr. Watt? I bet Sue's a very nice and lovely lady. So she commonly, is. this is where Nick goes, I love you, Sue. Why don't you come give me a hello? <laughs> I mean, I was just trying not to say anything inappropriate. You had me thinking about his mom, all right? <laughs> Man, I'm uh, old. Stop it. I'm old enough to be your father. So yeah. you're 20 years old. I am. Oh, jeez. My God. So uh, this is a question I wanted to ask you, actually. So <laughs> beer is a thing in skydiving. Yeah. I yell beer at at least one person a week. Yeah. You're not old enough to buy it. Well, that's funny because I got my tan around like a couple of weeks ago and like Pedro was all excited. He's like, hey, you're going to buy beer, buy beer. And I was like, well, I can't, bro. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm not old enough. And he was like, <laughs> super pissed. It was pretty funny. Well, so, But he was shocked. He didn't know I was 20. I don't think many people do. You're just a little boy. Mind You're a child. So you're curious about him 20 not being able to buy beer. You had more to that story? <laughs> yeah. What's I mean, what do you do when someone says, hey, you owe beer? Like, what do you do for your tandem rating? I haven't bought beer yet. I can't. Well, I mean, are you gonna? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Do you are give you... somebody money to buy beer for you? Well, then that's, that's, that's wrong as well. I guess I could do that. What do you, what do you, okay, I, so you just been lazy. You haven't been uh, very. I've been slack, that's for sure. Slack. How much beer have you not bought this year that you owe? How many, how many, how many accomplish, accomplishments? Oh, uh, like no, I've been pretty worthy. good. I don't drink a lot, so I think I only owe beer for my tanner rating and my D license. And your thousand jumps? Oh, yeah, you got to buy, oh, damn. Yeah. Three. And your hundredth jump? Nah, I wasn't how here many, for my hundredth. How, how many jumps did you show up with? I had 274. Oh, I was way off. 274, okay. And you showed up in what month? March 5th. March, okay. How many jumps do you have now? 1,079. Hell yeah. Almost 1,000 jumps this year. Did you get a message about this kid before he showed up? Oh, <laughs> a, a message about him? Yeah. I don't, maybe from Blair. Blair Smith sent me a message. I got this kid showing up. <laughs> He's going to be showing up a little bit later than everybody else. He's a real good kid. Oh, what a sweetheart. Watch out for him. And I think he meant watch out for him, and I think he meant good kid as I read into it and I got to know you. He's a little naive. Don't let people fuck him over, I think, <laughs> is what he was going with, man. I had heaps of people come up to me like, are you Jackson? I was like, yeah. Like, oh, Blair said to like, look out for you, though. Thanks. Dude, Jackson, or not Jackson, Blair hit a lot of us up to watch mm. out for you, dude. And What a sweetheart. You know, if 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 Cy, Cy Elliott, who's a good dude, man, I really like Cy a lot. If Cy hits us up to say, watch out for this guy, we're going to watch out. We're going to help out. And Cy's a buddy, man. I got, I got nothing negative to say about Cy at all. But if Blair says it, Blair is a what? Top bloke. You know it, baby. He goes all right. I read the words good cunt as you said <laughs> top bloke, so I kind of expected you to say that. Both are true. Yeah. One of my favorite things uh, about, <laughs> one of my favorite things about you, though, is your enthusiasm. Have you always been this enthusiastic about life? Yeah. Skydiving, especially, like I always see like people sad and like being boring. They're like, dude, you're on the jump package. Like, what are you sad for? Have so you, I don't have a reason to be like boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you, see what, you see what I've put on the screen? That's from Blair. That's his idea. This was Blair's idea. Yeah. Do you see this picture, Jackson? 
Do you get it? Oh, is that his dog? No, it's a lab. He's creating a large amount of gravity. Oh, what a funny guy. That's it's hilarious. a gravity lab with oh, headphones on because it's so a podcast. Stupid. If you're just listening to this, you're totally not going to understand. I don't even show, know. But. Nick, comment on the, uh, place in the comments that photo. <laughs> or just better yet, share it on Instagram sometime soon. It's, uh, we've shared it before. It's time to share it again because that just, that makes me smile and that makes me uh, uh, giggle a lot. Dad's watching, mate. Have a good chin wag. What is up, Steve Brockwell? All the way from the land down under. Oh, big Steve, dude. I I had a um, a couple Aussie buddies on, and we talked about where where men chunder. You know the song "We Come from a Land Down Under." Yeah, say it the karaoke night. Yeah, yeah, men chunder. I had no clue what that was. I had to look it up, and it's it's exactly what uh, Glenno did after our podcast. He chundered. A little chunder. Yeah, he had a little chun. So it didn't work out too good, man. Steve, thank you for sending us, Jackson. And I, I really, I'm going to talk to your dad for just one second, man. There are a lot of trash kids out there today. There are a lot of trash human beings out there today. And people blame all sorts of things on why our children are horrible people. And straight up, I think a large amount of it has to do with parenting. And that being said, Jackson, you are absolutely one of the best people and most genuine people I've ever met. Aww. And I don't give you any credit. I will give your dad, Steve Brockwell, all the credit for raising a good, solid human being. Oh, cheers, Mike. Yeah, dude. No, Steve. I'll second that. Everybody loves you, man. We love you so much. You have a saying that you love to say. It starts with how. How good is it? And how good is what? The jump package. What else? Waffles? Waffles. <laughs> oh, no, free refills. Oh, We're going to have to talk about waffles eventually. We're going to come back to waffles real quick. We love Jackson so much. And Steve, you have a shirt coming home. Did you send that shirt to your dad already? He, he sent me a photo with him wearing it. Fuck yeah, <laughs> dude. Oh, I was so disappointed nobody wore it tonight. Uh, I thought, oh, we lost. How good. Jackson. Oh, shit. So, Jackson, here's what happened. I asked you about the word how good. And you said, man, I'm the one who uses it. I don't know if it's a thing. I asked if it was an Aussie thing. Yeah, like I watch a YouTube channel of Aussie fellas doing stupid stuff. They drop things from high distances, make things explode, <laughs> and they say how good all the time. Yeah. And one episode, they're like, hey, we're talking about throwing some merch out there. How good shirts. If you want how good shirts, if you leave us this many <laughs> likes, we'll create how good shirts. And I'm like, I'm buying one. I'm buying one for Jackson. <laughs> and after like two months, they didn't make one. And I saw that picture of you on the little motorcycle. I think it's Brooks little motorbike or L- something. Brooks yeah. little bike, yeah. yeah. And I was like, dude, I ain't waiting for that how good shirt. <laughs> Jackson is so good. We actually <laughs> called Option Studios. Option Studios uh, designed a shirt, and we have actually put out like 36 shirts to your friends and your father that say, How good? Uh, <laughs> with a picture of you riding a tricycle with your helmet and a Gravity Lab radio shirt on. Oh, uh, Nick, no shirt, man. Nick, one thing you said a I, second ago. I put ago. this shirt on with purpose earlier today. <laughs> You when you said he you said you were hearing him say GC or you read the words GC. What's GC stand for? Good cunt, hey. And we learned that from a lot of our friends. And and you guys, hey, he's a good cunt. He's a good cunt. Yeah. And I said that to you. He goes, no, mate. He's a top bloke. <laughs> yeah, you can get away with saying top bloke a lot more than good cunt. I think it means more too. And so that shirt is made by who? Top bloke outfitters. And Jackson, you know this now, man. Every now and then, I'll make a goofy shirt. I made one for Nick and myself and Ben Nelson. And this shirt's inspired me to make more goofy shirts. They will always be made by what name brand? Top Black Outfitters. You will live on, <laughs> oh, my time. friend. If you ever see a Gravity Lab radio shirt out there in the wild, from here on out, Top Bloke Outfitters will have a brand somewhere on there. It, you will live through infamy with our style. That's awesome. Anybody who rejects that idea, I don't care. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm just over. They are not a top bloke, though. <laughs> so how good are waffles? Oh, oh. man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your what's what's your favorite waffles in the in the states so far? Man, Waffle House does some decent waffles. Fucking a, they do. They like they don't just do waffles. Like they do bacon and eggs and free refills on coffee as well. I just I'm frothing. Where, where's the closest Waffle House? Where do you go? There's like one on the other side of Pearland, I want to say. Okay, uh, that's yeah. actually not even... That's this side of Pearland, technically. Yeah. It seems like the other side. That's not. A, that's a third of the yeah, way through. that's right up the road. Yeah. That's the one I've been to. You know what we should do after this? <laughs> no, dude. I was having a crazy waffle craving for like two weeks. Yeah? I uh, The first place I went is this place called Lola's in Houston, and they had chicken and waffles on their menu. And I, like before I ordered it, I already had this, this craving, and I was like, cool... This is going to be my cheat day. This is going to hit the spot. This is going to get this waffle craving like out of my system. And then when the food came, I, I ate the chicken first because I wanted to get everything else off the plate so I could really enjoy the waffle. <laughs> Just focus on the waffle. Yeah, yeah. So I needed everything out of the way. But then I waited too long and it was a really thick waffle and it had gotten like too cold. So instead of being like warm and gooey and delicious, like the butter wasn't even melting on uh, it and like just, it wasn't good. Sad panda. Yeah, I was bummed. So there's a place, uh, there's a food truck called the Waffle Bus that's been open for a few years, and they just barely opened uh, a storefront pretty close to where I live. And they have all these crazy gourmet waffles. And uh, I followed their the, the food truck on Facebook, <laughs> so I got the update like, hey, it's our first day <laughs> open. And I was like, oh, man, here we go. Waffle cravings going to get totally taken care of. So I, uh, Megan Hildreth, her and I went. Yeah. And we got a s'mores waffle and a cookie butter and jelly waffle and chicken and waffles and these crazy waffle fries. It's turn to drool. <laughs> yeah, but, but with all of the gourmet waffle, they didn't actually serve syrup with any of their waffles. Like, they were delicious, but they just, like, I needed that syrup, right? Yeah. And so who was uh, the, the last podcast... Uh, uh, get Swifty, get Swifty. Uh, Michael Erickson, Zach yeah, Bro. Yeah, the, uh, the night that they were here, I was ready a little early, so I actually went to Waffle House before the podcast and had four waffles, like <laughs> four super waffles. covered in syrup. And dude, that was exactly what I was craving. Ugh. Those are the waffles. You want to go to the Waffle Bus? That's that was a really long way of inviting you to the Waffle Bus. Let's go to the Waffle Bus. Man, it's super good. What's uh, you, you like? You like a classic waffle though. I'm all, I just want the original waffle with syrup. Okay, how, but how do you feel about Chick-fil-A? Well, Chick-fil-A is the shit because they mix waffles with fries. <laughs> waffle fry. <laughs> See, but, okay, so I'm going to sell you on the waffle bus real quick. You know quick. what I mean? Motherfucker Jones, <laughs> who mixes waffle and fries <laughs> together, man? It's fucking genius. I'm, I have to, I'm going to have to find a picture of the waffle fries that you get at the like, waffle bus. I just like ordered, uh, we call them hot chips, and I was like, like, you want like the meal? I was like, yeah, yeah. And I get them, I was like, what's this? And they're like, it's a waffle fry? And I was like, what? They do this? I was sick. You guys call them chips. Hot chips. Okay, so hang on. Let me pull this up. You see this right here? These are called chicken thunder fries. In my so face. There are waffle fries in here and chicken and this uh, like chipotle honey mustard something or other. And then just, just for some contrast, here's a uh, Nutella and uh, banana waffle covered in powdered sugar. Let's see what else we got. Some chicken and waffles. And I don't know why I'm doing a commercial for the waffle bus <laughs> right now, but look at this. So they call these friders, where it's waffle fries and tiny little cheeseburgers on the inside. You uh, see what's happening right here? Um, more more chicken thunder fries. So if you're in Houston, uh, go to the waffle bus. It's real good. 
But dude, how how good does this look? I'm excited. Can we go? Let's do it, dude. Right. I need to let me know. Keep Let's me in the Let's go on a adventure. I gotta go on this uh, real quick. I gotta do this, guys. Uh, Eli McKee, brother, send me DJ Marvin a personal Facebook message with what you just said about Waffle Eugene, Oregon. I will be there soon. I will visit that place. Um, yeah, just send me a message, man. I love this <laughs> show because the Off networking. The waffle, that Eli, funny. who? Yeah, Eli McKee, man. I'm he, pretty sure he's the. Um, he went and got his A license. I want to say in April. Uh-huh. It was like pretty shitty weather. So he hung out with us a lot of like when we were living in the teepees. Okay. And um, yeah, he's a cool guy. I think he's friends with Kimball. That's oh, how he got yo, into yo, it. yo. I'm looking at his Facebook page with Pedro, man. I don't know the dude, but I recognize his face from being around here. Yeah, he's a pilot. Okay, cool, man. Super yeah. cool guy. Yeah, seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, Eli, man, hit me up. Send me a Facebook message, bro. I just sent you a Facebook uh, <laughs> friend request so you can do that. Um, man, I love this show because so much great networking <laughs> on it, dude. When is this, when this waffle experience going on? I don't know, Jackson. When can you make it to the to the big city? Um, tomorrow. Let's do it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> When's your next cheat day, Nick? God, dude, I've been trying to tell myself that I'm not going to have any more for a while, but good excuses keep coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I'll have a cheat day to have waffles with you for sure. Let's do it. All right. I'm excited. I, I think it's supposed to be shit weather again tomorrow. So, so. I'm struggling because I'm trying to do 20 hour fast every day as much as I humanly can. That's I like mean, they're open till nine o'clock. That's something. So it, c- it could be an evening. Event. Oh, it could be, couldn't it? A waffle um, dinner? That sounds cool. But uh, like today, I cheated and ate lunch, but dude, it was a completely super good keto lunch. I definitely stayed within my means. Um, so, man, going eating waffles tomorrow for lunch don't sound like an upset idea to me, man. Um, I'm looking at the weather right now. I'm trying to figure this out because tomorrow it's saying low clouds till midday minimum, man. So, well, let's just have our day. And if uh, the opportunity presents itself after, hold on. This is 100% sky cover all day tomorrow. But yeah, you, did you look at the elevation of the clouds? Why are we talking about weather on the podcast? I don't know, dude. But <laughs> from what I'm looking at the Tafts, I don't think we have much of a chance tomorrow. So what we'll do, man, tomorrow, we'll look at what's going on. If it's looking like we can do lunch, we'll hit you up. We'll get you a ride up into town. Uh, either are we going to find some other JPCs to come eat some we'll waffles? Get, we'll get the crew together. Dude, okay. I'm in. I, I I will I will not twenty hour fast and I will eat I mean, carbs. Let's just, let's just do it in the evening. Let's just do it after four. That's reasonable. I right? gotta get permission from Mrs. Marvin. Oh yeah, I forget. Ooh. Yeah, man, I'm 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 a kept man. I I am. One one thing about being a gold digger is you gotta follow the rules. And you're not messing with any broke. I ain't <laughs> no broke bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Valerie. It's oh, a, I want to see what else we have on this list. How good are waffles? Hold on, tell me about discovering Chick Fil A. I can't even... Nah, Do they I'll, have Chick-fil-A? I remember my first Chick-fil-A experience. Nah, it doesn't exist in Australia. Okay, so tell me. Tell so me. my first Chick-fil-A experience, I was with Billy and Steve, and uh, like, oh, we'll go to this Chick-fil-A joint. It's pretty good. Like, got, got, got good chicken. I was like, yeah, whatever. We get out of the car, and we're walking in, and no shit, there's like the Scout girl selling Scout cookies. And I shit myself. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was just like a thing in the movies, man. And like, I'm giggling, man. I'm, I'm in shock. And these boys are like, what, man? Like, I'm like, we got to buy cookies, bro. Like, oh, man, I couldn't believe it. Then we went in, and I was like, I don't know what to get. And like, Steve's like, get spicy deluxe. Like, All right. Steve's a good man. Yeah. He just left. He's probably listening. Miss you, Steve. And um, yes, yeah, so I got the spicy deluxe. And we hate you, Zach, bro. <laughs> and um, my life's never been the same since. Changed for the better. <laughs> Now, Chick-fil-A sauce on those waffle fries. Huh. Woo! Dude, Game over. Take the spicy deluxe, get some Polynesian and honey mustard sauce. Yeah. 
Mix those sauces 50-50 and dip your sandwich in there, man. You're kidding me. No. I've just been slapping the um, Chick-fil-A sauce on there. Yeah, dude. No. Uh, so I worked at Chick-fil-A in college. And you know if you can work at a fast food joint and still enjoy eating there, it's a good sign, right? Yeah. Dude, I, I love Chick-fil-A in college. I learned all the different sauces to mix. My favorite thing, I can't, I've never, I've tried this multiple times. Chick-fil-A, the marinade they use for the grilled chicken sandwich is different than what they do to make the uh, battered chicken sandwich, the fried. Yeah. And we used to actually take the marinated chicken and batter it and fry it to mix the two together. Chick-fil-A's missing the boat, bro, man. Oh, that no. is you kidding me? What are they doing? Oh, my God, man. I've tried to convince multiple. Like, if I get to know a Chick-fil-A employee somewhere, I'm like, yo, bro, can you convince somebody to do this? I've asked managers. I've done this multiple. Nobody will make me that freaking sandwich, man. It's the best by far. That sucks. I want to taste it. How now. do you feel about Chick-fil-A being closed on Sunday? Have you had a Sunday Chick-fil-A craving? Every Sunday. And it's upsetting because like people like organize, like, let's go to Chick Fil A. So like get all get all excited, and they're like, "Fuck it's, it's Sunday. Sunday." Have you guys heard that new Kanye West song? No, don't. Don't. <laughs> it's called "Closed on Sunday." Uh, you make fun of Chick Fil A. No, it's a Jesus song <laughs> that also talks a lot about Chick Fil A. Man, I worked for Chick Fil A, and my manager actually got me and my roommate to do uh, inventory on a Sunday. And he was like, dude, this is top secret. I'm paying you off the books. I'm paying you cash. You can't tell anybody. So if you can figure out where I worked, you can throw this guy under the bus because <laughs> people have had their Chick-fil-A franchises taken away from them for doing stuff like this. That's not very Christian. Dude, you know, it's not very Christ-like. They are so set on Sunday is a day of rest and Sunday is a day you give to your families and to your church, which I'm not saying is wrong. I'm not saying, I'm not going to agree or disagree, but they're just so set on that ideology that they will take your store away from you. Man, it's a shame. You know, it's a shame, but I don't care. As long as you respect each other, I don't care what you believe. What I do love is to see somebody who is true to their value because that doesn't happen very often anymore. For sure. A lot of people will preach their beliefs. Man, I believe in Satan. I believe in the devil. I believe in Jason David Frank. I believe in your mustache. <laughs> I saw Jesus then tap Jason David Frank figurine in front I, of me. I believe in him. I've seen him. <laughs> Dude, I love JDF. He's so cool, man. Um, I was actually listening to an MMA show the other day. Like, hey, remember that brand Jesus then tap? I'm like, yo, that's my homie Jason. That's <laughs> so cool. I, I still wear, like, if I if I go to the gym, I'm commonly in a Jesus then tap shirt because I have a bunch of them, man, he hooked me up with. And so I, I like it. But it, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're respectful to each other. And that's sure? one thing I like about Jacko. You actually have some respect for most I try people. to be respectful. You try. I try. I try my best. Yeah. How do you do it, man? I don't know. It just happens. It's just in your genes. It's in my genes. It's the way Big Steve and Sue. Raised me, yeah. Yeah, DQ, <laughs> she gave a shout out to Big Steve and Sue. <laughs> is that what you call your dad? Or is Steve, that D DQ? Yeah, I call, no, I call him Big Steve. Big Steve. Yeah. Man, um, that's just the way Big Steve and Sue raised you, man. And, and I love it, dude. Nick, you're, you're out there early in the morning. You ever watch Jackson walk across the field? Yeah, I've seen him a time or two. Yeah. I, he looks I, too fucking happy too early in the morning. <laughs> so when I see somebody walk across the field, I commonly go, I don't know who that is till they get close enough. Do you have the same problem? I can usually I, I know most of the faces that are coming across early, so yeah. I can I can usually pick people out pretty quick. I, 
I but he, he walks with a pep in his step. <laughs> it's undeniable. You recognize Jackson sooner <laughs> than anybody else because there's this little skip in his dude <laughs> that makes me go yippity yay, man. Uh, I just I don't know what yeah. it is. That's funny. A little spring in me step, eh? Love your work. <laughs> Love your work. <laughs> Guaranteed, I'm gonna smile, man. As soon as I see, like I I could I don't really have bad mornings. By the time I'm at the DZ, I've been up for a couple hours. But if I'm having something going on, I see. I say, hey, Jacko, how you doing, buddy? Yeah. I get excited, especially when I'm walking up to like manifest for the first load. Like if I've uh, made it, like I get a little excited. I love your true enthusiasm, man. And, and the the example is we were all on the plane together the other day, and and I I actually was leaning forward making eyes at Nick, and Nick's like, "Hey, I'm trying to see something up there." And you were very polite about. It. I'm like, "Oh, my bad." Oh yeah, I was watching the pilot because I still had the door open. Yeah, it he made was doing his run up. It made total since I was li- I liked how quickly you and I could communicate, and then I put it back down. I start making eyes at you again. And then later on, it's handshake time. And you guys have a handshake together, right? Well, yeah, yeah, we do so the, the GoPro from the, from the film <laughs> festival, yeah. Do you see the pleasure he gives that handshake to you? Oh, he loves it. And I love that he loves yeah. it. <laughs> I get a little excited. And as soon as you guys got done, him and I got our little handshake yeah. in together, a little top bloke action. Yeah. And I never see anybody enjoy a handshake as much as you do. Mm, I get excited. Why does it mean so much to you? I don't know, man. Uh, that's a good thing, by the I'm way. Just, I'm not attacking. It's just, I don't know. I just get excited because we're about to launch out of the plane, go for a lob. Do you know the importance of that handshake? Not, not, not our version. The importance of having a handshake with a friend. What, what's the importance of that? I don't know. It's just more for me. It's just like a friend thing. It's like, let's go have fun. Man, I, I'm going to get morbid for a little bit on the show, and I've had this conversation before, but I think it's worth repeating. It's been a while. I have a buddy named Scott, and here's my last memory of Scott. Our high five in the plane before he exited. Yeah. And I miss Scott. I love Scott. Oh, look, there's the handshake. You just smashed the GoPro sign, dude. That was from the film festival trailer. If you guys are watching this on Facebook, you can see it. Shabam. <laughs> yeah, you just got really excited in the story about your dead friend. I think you should start over. <laughs> yeah. Um, so real quick, I want to go back one second, and, and I want to talk about your genuine excitement because Nick will tell you the hardest thing about making videos is A, getting people to participate, and B, actually getting people to do a good job and enjoying their participation. Nick, how many tries did that take? Uh, I think that was the first try. I think I shot it maybe three or four times, just because I like having options when I'm uh, when I'm editing a thing. Yeah. But I'm I'm ninety percent positive that that I ended up using the the first take that we that we did. Because you have such true enthusiasm, and so unfortunately for me, my last memory was that high five with Scott because he he did pass away on this jump, and so the handshake is really I hope to see you in five minutes. Yeah. Because that's about the time from exit till we see each other in landing. And I don't care how mad I'm mad at somebody. I've actually been frustrated with friends. Somebody's made me angry. Somebody's made me mad. Um, I've had a disagreement with somebody. I, I don't know. Some of you guys might know a guy named Hank. And mm-hmm. Hank can get a little bit emotional. I love Hank to death. And he'll own every bit of it. I'm not throwing him under the bus. He'll drive this bus for me. And, and Hank can be so mad that I made him cry. <laughs> but Hank cries about a lot of things. But it doesn't matter when we see each other in plane. We always get that, like, I love you, brother. Yeah. Because my last memory of Scott is a joyous, joyous memory, brother. So every time I see you, I don't think you're going to die. I don't think anything's going to happen to you. But potentially my last memory is a top plug, right, man? <laughs> Here you go. Here's a, a little, good handshake. I like it. I'm going to, a little, little addition <laughs> there. Bam. Um, man, so is guys. That a, is that a TB I'm seeing? Yeah, it TB, is a TB, top plug. Neither of you have tuberculosis, right? No, sir. Okay. No, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Just <picture>. yeah. <laughs> 
So, guys and gals, if you're out there high-fiving your friends, realize there is a little bit more to it than just a really goofy, cool high-five. And by the way, if you need to stand up and reach across your friends to high-five somebody, how do you feel about that, Jackson? Special. Special? Yeah, you're special if you do that. Why do I say that, Nick? If, if you're special to, to reach across people. If and you got to stand up and reach across your friends to give a high-five. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I don't like the idea much. Why not? Uh, you're moving around a lot of the airplane. Probably hey. setting a bad example for some students that shouldn't be moving around like you're moving around. You're disrupting your handles. You are knocking pins loose. You are pushing people around. You're crushing people in the fuselage and bulkheads. You never know what chaos you're creating or you're serving a bad example. I love Nick and I because our handshake can be very comprehensive to what we know, and it's not very long. Or we can see a hole between bodies and we each hold up just one hand. And it's just super like... We just we make brief contact, and I, there's been times I haven't made contact. I've just seen Nick's hand in the <laughs> sky for me. That's perfect. I'm like, I get you, brother. Pedro's the same way. Pedro and I, it's a barking dog because I call him Pedro. Pedro, which is means dog in Spanish. Perfect, man. I should ask you. You've been doing Spanish this year. I don't know. Pedro. Pedro. Yeah, Pedro. 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 DJ taught me one word, and I'm <laughs> too scared to say anything. Learn anything else from you? I see. Oh, uh, Mama Webo? No. no. Gordita. Gordita. Like, oh, the little fatty. He's like, he's like, go up to Erin and call her Gordita. I was like, Erin, amiga, Gordita. And then she like looked at me like she was going to slap me. Dude, it's funny how <laughs> she, like I'll, I'll use Spanish words with her too because I don't, I don't know all that much. I yeah. know a little bit. Yeah. But I'll use words of like thinking I'm just being like a cute, <laughs> stupid white boy. And I'll say some shit to her and she'll take it like super serious. And it's like, hey, no, no one else cares. Like, no, I'm trying, <laughs> all right? But she, she will take offense. It's great because when I when you call her that, she looks straight at me and I gave her a little <laughs> smile and she knew it was me from the beginning. Yeah. She knew I set you up, but she was like, I'm going to crush this kid now. <laughs> oh, she fucks with me solid, man. She still holds it against you. Oh, like, yeah. I'm like, too scared to say it now. Yeah, not, was, I've never said it since. And I don't know. I'm sure you realize. I hope you do. She doesn't care as much as she is fucking with you, dude. Yeah. She's good, but like she can keep a straight face. Oh, dude. She is. And she's such a respectful human being and she's such a respected human being that you're like i don't like man i i don't want to offend you yeah you know i i i shared this with aaron the other day and i'm sorry if you work for the rating center i'm going to apologize to every single person who works for the rating center right now for this next statement you're all piece of shit compared to aaron <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because any of you are pieces of shit i, I have some very wonderful human beings who work with us They're very wonderful chris Vidal does a great job Pedro has been a phenomenal asset to the rating center. He's our newest addition. Hank has been with me the whole time. Aaron is just that great of a person, isn't she's she? She's a sweetheart. I'm stoked I got to do my writing with her and Pedro. Yeah, awesome. dude. Who actually, uh, who was in your course? You and who? Sean. Sean, yeah. Yeah, and so Pedro ran that course, right? Yeah, I did most of my jumps with Pedro. And then you guys traded off, so you got to do some with Aaron. Yeah. We're, we're talking about you getting your tandem rating, right, just for people listening who don't know? That's correct. Preach those head up angles. <laughs> let's, let's, talk, let's talk about you getting that tandem rating. How was that? Yeah, it was fun. It was exciting. Okay, funnest part was uh, taking a fat girl on a tandem. <laughs> no, I haven't taken a fat girl yet. It was an Aaron joke. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no so mean. Yeah. Um, I got to. I think the drugless one was funnest. Why? Because I got I got to do a couple flips out of the plane. It was a little bit not as like focused on getting a good exit. It was yeah. more just like launch a 
couple front flips. There's a little fun to it. Yeah. So let's be clear. Let's help people understand where you're at. On your first, so you did a day of classroom. Yes. What did you do on the first jump? I did a tandem. Like I was the front rod. Okay. Do you understand why you go on the front of that tandem? To experience what the students experiencing. Empathy, man, right? That's exactly what you said. What's it like to be in that harness? How comfortable or uncomfortable is that harness? As we tighten and adjust things, how does it affect you? To be a guy who's had tons of control, you've had tons of control as a skydiver now, to suddenly be out of control, how helpless can that feel, right? It's it's definitely different because I helped Max out on his front rod. Uh-huh. And like that was my first front rod like since doing my tandems before my AFF. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was like, I was shitting myself. <laughs> but then I was like excited too. But man, it's, it's fucking weird, bro. Do you feel naked in the airplane? Yeah, because I did a handle check before I got on. Like, checked my pilot shoot. I was like, oh my God, this is wrong. Dude, I have 700 front rides ballpark. Yeah. I still don't always, but commonly will check my handle getting on the airplane yeah. with a tandem harness. Did you notice it's way more comfortable sitting in the plane with a tandem harness? Though? Yeah, for sure. It's lovely. <laughs> but um, I found like once the canopy was open, it was kind of cool. Yeah. I like, get to look around. There's like nothing. There's no like handles or like toggles or risers. You're like kind of on the front. You got all this space to look at. It's Unrestricted cool. view. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So purpose number one is that empathy and that understanding of their position. Do you know the other reason you're going on the front after the classroom training's done? No. To get a practical example. Classroom theoretical or principal training. Hey, this is how it works. Now that you understand how it works, let me show you. How much more sense did what Pedro tell you start to happen when you got to see it in action? Yeah, it did. Heaps. Especially yeah. on the front row because like, they talk you through it. Yeah. Like, what they're doing, like I'm doing the lowers and yeah. all that. I, one of the things Pedro's done for us is he's really changed some of my mindsets. Now, honestly, he hasn't made a massive shift in what we do, but he's added a lot of gems. We, I think we've had a really good product as a rating center, and he's putting jewels on top of our product, bro. It's such a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. And one of the things he probably did with you is, is he didn't tell you everything. Sometimes he asks you, what should we do next? What's next? And it reinforces that understanding, I think. Yeah. But like even... I was in the packing room like a couple of days before and he, I don't know, did he make that slideshow of like the emergency procedures? Him and Aaron have been working on it. So yeah, we're redoing the PowerPoint pre presentation all the, together. And instead of waiting for me to completely finish what I've done, those two have actually been very proactive in helping create it. So what you saw was dominantly their work, especially the imagery. Yeah, it was also because he's like super excited. He's like, come look at this. I need you to like, look at that for me. Like I was like answering the questions for him. That's sick because I'm stoked I got to do it with him because like, at some moments like he was more excited than me. It was, it was awesome. He was. And Pedro has been at Spaceland for a long time and he's wanted to work on his examiner stuff. And he's traveled a little bit to do it and I haven't used him really. And, and my biggest problem is, is I don't need his help. Yeah. And if I brought him in... And I only, it thins out what help I can give anybody. And I just, it's like, why overstaff? I just don't like the idea. Yeah. And we finally got busy enough with the rating center. We brought them in and we got busy at the right time with the infrastructure and the business model. But man, it makes me wish we got busier sooner because he has been such, isn't he? Yeah, man, he's awesome. But I think his enthusiasm is because he had to wait in the wings. Yeah. He was so respectful to me. He waited so patiently to work with me. And when it was time, he is so excited. Yeah. He's like you. Like when the canopy opened on our first one, like my first tandem with him, it was like ecstatic, bro. It was awesome. <laughs> it was <Adamosa. laughs> It was sick. He's actually a UPT examiner. To be a USPA examiner, he must teach two courses under supervision of a USPA examiner. Yeah. The UPT and USPA course is almost identical. About 45 minutes more 
to make it a USPA course. There's a small section that makes a USPA course because the rest is, is concurrent. Um, so, I mean, he really is already an examiner. So he's going through the motions. Yeah. And you were the first one of two. So he's got one more to do. And we're just waiting for a course with two candidates so we don't have two examiners sitting with one candidate. We're just trying to do it in a convenient way. Yeah. But if we got to do it with one candidate, I don't care, man. Pedro's so worth having on it. Yeah. So what's your second jump? What did you do on number two? Number two, I think it was another stable exit. And you had who on the front of you? Uh, Pedro and all of them. I think Aaron no, no, no. On the second jump. Oh, I did oh, like all the course. I um, did a solo. Perfect. What's the purpose of that solo jump with a tandem rig? I just get familiar without having anyone on front, like any other things to worry about. Damn. Just purely the gear. Just get you learn one new thing at a time in the sport, man. Yeah. You've learned a lot this year. How important is learning one new thing at a time oh, to you? Crucial. Yeah. What's the pros and cons of that? What, why is it crucial? It like gives more time to focus on the little things, like especially with the tandem ring. Because if you've got someone on the front, like you've got to worry about them as well and all that. But if you just got your body and on that on that second jump, you can just focus on all your handle checks and where they are. Because like, I remember doing my first handle check and I missed it. Mm-hmm. Like on the, on the solo. Like, oh, it's there. Like It's not like where you think it is. It just, yeah. That moves a little bit. That's cool. It gives you a chance to focus. Which which handle did you miss? I was just more like primary, secondary. Because mm-hmm. like, the secondary is like more down on your, hip, on your leg yep, more. Yeah, correct. But yeah. For those of you who don't know the tandem system well, you have two handles that open the main parachute. Primary is on your left, opposite the BOC, opposite your normal deployment handle. The secondary is in your right front pocket. And literally, it's it's on your leg strap on the front right where your pocket would be. So if you're reaching in to grab change out of your pocket, that's where you would find that handle. Yeah. Um, the third jump, you took Pedro on a tandem. Yeah, that was just a normal standard Stable exit. And I like to tell you guys on that jump, your student will be the best student you'll ever have. Yeah. Did you know Pedro's probably more nervous on that jump than you are? Well, as I walk, as I come to him, he's like, brother, I was more, I was nervous on mine. It's all good. I was like, yeah, I'm shitting myself. I was like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why we're more nervous than you are? Uh, we actually know what can go wrong. <laughs> we actually know like, okay, you've never done this before. Go take me on a tandem. <laughs> yeah. Now, the fourth jump is similar. He's a little worse, but not bad. Now yeah. we get to the fifth jump, and that's your favorite one. What was that jump again? It was the Dragos one. So you do flips out of the plane. I think we did two flips, and then threw the Dragos between nine and 10,000 feet. So first of all, UPT, USPA do not recommend flips on exits. We don't need to overload the student. We need to keep them comfortable, and I'm down with that for sure, man. Yeah. But at some point in the course, we want to do flips. I'm going to tell you one of the reasons. It's for what? And Preparation for an unstable exit. Okay, fuck that. That's a good reason. It's also for... Fun? Man, you know, you're right now in the middle of this course. You're learning your training, and I really want my candidates to relax some, and we're about to take your training to the next level. So I really do actually enjoy it. I don't think every examiner appreciates this. Let's have a little bit of fun, brother. You're not going to get a chance to flip with real tandem students very often, if any at all, because we're not supposed to. Yeah. Let's have a little bit of fun. Now, what's the primary learning purpose? You just said it. Yeah, preparation for an unstable exit. It shows you you can get unstable and get stable again. You mean not everybody's going to arch? <laughs> right? You mean not every instructor's going to arch? Is oh, that God, it? yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I wish our instructors would arch like they tell their students to. <laughs> they, they'd get much better exits. So I actually have a problem with the way we train tandem instructors a little bit. On exit, what's the most important thing you can do on exit as a tandem instructor, Jackson? Arching. 
I don't agree with that. Presenting to the wind? I was going to say a good presentation. Okay. What's the second most important? I agree with that. How about a good good setup? A good presentation. Fly. Fly. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Fly. Is arching always going to fly as well as not? Maybe, maybe not. Sometimes I might need to dip a knee on one side to grab air or manipulate air. So, and if you've seen the side spin phenomenon video, is arching the best thing to do in certain cases or the worst thing to do in certain cases? Sometimes it can be the worst. So people teach on exit, arch, arch, arch. I will digress. I will take back my first statement and agree with you fellas. Presenting to the relative wind and fly, fly, fly your body. Skydive like nobody's there. Just make sure they're there. Yeah. Nick, you watch videos all day long. I've had a front row seat to 6,000 tandems or something like that. Jesus. Instructors who skydive on a tandem, how do they do? They just go out and make a skydive. How do they do? Man, I think they do pretty well. I think the the people who get too focused on what their student is doing and they forget what they're supposed to be doing, those are the people who I, I see get taken for a ride. How many tandems do you have now, Jackson? Live paid students. Two. We need to fix that. Those two students, did you worry about what the student did or did you worry about what you did? What I was doing. How did they go? They were good. They were pretty good exits, actually. Yeah. Like the first one was just a, a standard like, first tandem for him, and the second one I did a level two. Which, if you're not familiar with Space Land, it's a second jump or a second yeah. tandem for a student. Yeah. But he was good. He had a good arch and body position, so he kind of flew, flew it for me in a way. Yeah. So we're going to go back to your favorite jump. You love that flip. I, I don't blame you, dude. It's, <laughs> it's super it's fucking fun. cool, man. For me as a tandem examiner, those flips are fun. Um, I'm Pedro used to do one flip out of the plane with the students, and that's they say do flips. They yeah. don't. I'm like, do two or three. Like, Really, number one, do two or three because it gets you more disoriented. It puts you in a little bit greater prep present, uh, a little bit greater revolution. So now as you fly out of it, it gives you more confidence. If you're a struggling instructor, I say struggling. If you're an instructor who doesn't need to be overloaded or intimidated, I might just say one flip. Yeah. But two or three, because you're going to learn more from it. it and I enjoy this It's shit. funny. Like, I didn't know what to do with my arms. Like, I knew I was doing a flip. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, what do I do? So I just kind of, like, held on to him. <laughs> I put it in my Film Fest video. It was funny. I was just, like, just, like piggybacking him pretty well. <laughs> so, DJ, the, you'll, you'll be a good person to ask this question. How comparable is launching a, a tandem for a stable exit, belly into the wind, how comparable is it to doing, let's say I'm doing a solo belly exit all by myself? How how different are those two things? There's somebody in front of me. That's it. But as far as your technique of how you would fly that exit? I'm a little bit more thoughtful to where the person is because I can trip on them, so to speak, on the way out the door. But So most of my hop and pops... I present belly into the relative wind. I poise. I like to deploy five seconds out the door on my hop and pops to maximize canopy time. So my hop and pop exits and my tandem exits have one difference. I don't have people in front of me. That really is. I was surprised how... Shit, you've seen me do hop and pop exits. Yeah, but when when we started doing these hop and pop exits, usually when I'm doing a hop and pop, I'm going to do something fun. Or I'm going to leave on my feet or I'm going to... The Leave nice on my head. The Thank you. It was neat. But uh, neat. when when <laughs> I had to do just a stable belly into the wind hop and pop exit, I was surprised th- that it didn't feel as smooth as I predicted it to be. Uh, leaving from the step is super easy for me because you're already in the wind and it's easy just to 
to let go and, and fly the wind that you're already feeling. But hopping out from the inside, I was surprised how, how challenging it is. Do you think that that's a good thing for new tandem instructors to do, to work on a, just a, a stable belly exit? Oh, great point. Absolutely, man. You know, I hate this next statement. People say you can't do hop and pops and get ready for a tandem rating. I agree you shouldn't just do hop and pops to get your numbers up to get a tandem rating. You should get some free fall skills. But we talked about this earlier today. Maybe we talked about it on the show. I forget which. There's three things you got to do on a tandem. Do you know what they are, Jackson? Number one. Exit. Stable exit. Throw the drogue throw safely, the drogue. which means a good exit. Yeah. Deploy the drogue safely. Land safely. If you can deploy the drogue safely, which means a good exit, pull safely. Land safely, which means a good flare. Yeah. What else is there to do? Check a... Check. Have a good time, hey? Yeah. Have a little bit of a good old time, eh? Checking with your video guy, yeah. make some faces, <laughs> call check, him a loser. Check the spot, maybe? Check the spot. Are we long? <laughs> Are we long? Man, it doesn't matter. There's not much to do, so have a good time, right? Man, absolutely good exits are paramount to it. And it's so funny I hear you say that it seemed weird to do that exit because I hear people say it all the time, but I guess it's so many tandems under my belt, I'm, I guess I'm used to it. I mean, I can see how someone, you know, like uh, the first belly, stable belly hop and pop I had done in, in a long time. I did exactly what I would expect a, a student doing their, you know, their their the hop and pop in the student program to reach for their handle too soon. Instead of leaving, flying it, that you're leaving, reaching for your handle and taking that arm out of the wind and you get, a, you know, you start to spill over a little bit. I was surprised. I was kind of laughing at myself as I as I did that. But the moment that I did what I would tell someone else to do of, hey, man, just just get out and arch. And once you're stable, go for the now go for your handle. The instructors that fly their exits that way seem to do a lot better instead of the person who leaves too worried about their student. And they've been out of the plane for half of a second. And because they're not arching and they're already thinking about wrapping their students legs and now they're bent at the hips and now they're rolling over on their back. Those people don't do nearly as good of a job <laughs> as the people who remind their student to arch. They set up with a good presentation, straightforward with the airplane, and uh, relaxing. Seems like an easier thing said than done, but seems to make a big difference. That's why I don't like the word arch. Because when people arch, how much energy do you expend on arching? <clears throat> Depends on the person, I guess. A lot in some cases, right? Matter of fact, <clears throat> we will kind of uh, joke and poke at some of our friends. They arch so hard, they arch so much that they're unstable because they're arching so hard and stiff. Yeah. Right. So I would say, Nick, you've heard this too many times before, so you can't answer this question. I'm going to ask Jackson, but you've listened to the show a few times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you look at you a couple times. Couple We've been times, talking about right? skydiving this whole time. Dude, <laughs> he knows the intro better than I do. He quotes uh, the show better than we ever can, man. Um, <laughs> you're not exiting an airplane. What are you doing? Sitting in the airplane? No. I'm talking about the exit. You're not exiting the airplane. What are you doing? Nick? You're entering the skydive, mate. Yeah, man. So, and it's so easy when I get with jumpers, whether they're students or tandem instructors. Like, you ever flown in the tunnel? Yeah. Do you leave the chamber? What do you mean? When you go to get into the tunnel, you leave the chamber, you enter the wind. Well, I'm entering the wind. If you can stop thinking I'm leaving an airplane, you can think I'm entering a skydive and think about how I'm attacking the wind. So most people, Nick, who do that hop and pop problem or who do that tandem exit problem, they leave the airplane and they either dive belly to earth, which is head into the wind, which is really a head down exit, so to speak. And that gives them very minimal surface area because there's nothing hitting. The wind's hitting their shoulders. 
or they jump out and they arch, which makes them fall back and presents the bottom of their hips to the wind. Instead of thinking like, well, the wind's coming from straight ahead of me, it's immediately going to translate straight below me, so I'm going to present it at 45-degree angle to enter which way the wind's coming from. Yeah. Think about it that way. And and um, I get I get comments. Blake just talked to me. He's like, man, he did a tandem course with Hank, and he, he praises Hank. He said nice things. We were hanging out for the fights the other day. Uh, I had a few friends over at the fights, you know, the ones who were man enough to stay up late to watch the fights. Yeah. That is not me. I went to bed early. <laughs> Nick was supposed to come over. That was, that was a cheap shot at Nick. That was not. <laughs> dude, I, for real, I don't know how the fuck people stay up anymore. <laughs> I can't do it. I remember being 20, being like, yeah, man, you fucking stay up all night, go to bed at 6 a.m., wake up at 9 and be totally fine. Dude, I cannot do that shit anymore, and I couldn't <laughs> do it Saturday night to watch those fights. The difference between you and I is you could have, you didn't plan for it. Your girlfriend planned for something else. I, I could have made it work. But you stayed. Uh, Friday night, I went to bed super early. Do you know why? Oh, yeah, because you were, okay, that makes more sense. I, did, I definitely did not do that. Yeah, your stupid little brown girlfriend kept you up late. God, she's so dumb. So much sex. <laughs> she made me go, yeah, so, so much, much sex. So much sex at a Halloween party where we did not have sex. Oh, did you hear about his... Halloween costume? I did not. What was it? I put on a chicken suit, right? <laughs> a little chicken with some football pads, <laughs> and I was a cock block. <laughs> <laughs> it was the the Halloween party was actually pretty fun. I want to say it. It was a pun themed. I probably have a couple pictures I can share with you. Mm-hmm. Pun themed uh, Halloween party. So Sam, she wore a trench coat. Underneath the trench coat, her dress was covered in newspaper. So she was the news flash. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn. What's the best stupid outfit you saw there? Well, the one... That, so there was a costume contest there. And the one that won, I didn't think was all that great. It was a girl with a Nintendo shirt on and a beret. So she looked French. She was Nintendo Wii. I didn't like it. <laughs> was she hot? No. Did she know everybody? Uh, I didn't know any of them, okay. so I don't know who... Kn- who it knew. sounds like it was a popularity contest, not a good costume contest. Well, she was a bitch. <laughs> That's not true. She was... I didn't talk to her. I'm sure she was nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jackson, what you you were gonna ask him what <laughs> about the fights? What are we what are we doing? Uh, he's trying to get away from calling his co girlfriend's coworker. Oh, I don't care. I don't I'm one hundred percent positive she does not watch the show. So, so on the fifth jump, you do flips, and then after that, what do you do? Drogless. Drogless. You fly without a drogue. Yes. How did you like that part? It got fast. It got fast. How fast? 170 miles fast. Do you enjoy that part? It was very fast. It came up quick. I had audible set and everything, so I threw the drug at the right time. Some people get nervous and don't like that jump. Some people love that jump. How about you? I enjoyed it. What? Why do we go drogless? Why do we do that? Do you know? Uh, just give us a sensation of going fast, I guess. Okay, there's a couple reasons into this. Do you know why, Nick? Um, I would say that you get a chance to fly with a student more instead of being... Uh, you know, uh, held with the drogue because the drogue kind of keeps you belly to earth, so it gives you more of a chance to fly it. You can be stable without a drogue. You gotta do three sixty. You can control without a drogue. Absolutely, what you said, Jackson. You said to give you the sensation. Absolutely, what you said. In the Chandam training course, I'm going to show you a video of a guy who never throws his drogue, <laughs> and at some point he pulls his drogue release handle. I bet nothing happens right then. <laughs> so he pulled the other one. I bet you still nothing happened. <laughs> and so he pulls his reserve as his Cypress fires. And the moral of the story is, is throw the drogue and make sure you check the drogue. The guy was asked, and how, this is... Can I ask how visible the drogue is when you look back for it? 
you got to look hard, but it's pretty visible. You got to like definitely turn in a, in, with a strength, but it's you can see it. There's no doubt about it. It's there. This guy was asked, "Why did you uh, not throw the drogue?" His his statement was, "I went into skydiver mode." Well, what do you mean? He goes, "I forgot I was doing a tandem." You have a bunch of people, a bunch of pounds sitting right in front. You got this person glued to the front of you, and you forgot you're on a tandem. How different did tandem terminal feel? Oh, wind. Did it feel stronger? Yeah, it was definitely like fast. You could hear it as well. My next question is, how did it sound? Yeah, it was noisy. Turn inputs were they different? Like, were you able to turn? Yes, they were like more easier. Yeah, man, much sharper, right? Much more speed. And ideally, number one, you can control yourself. Number two, hey, man, this is what drogless feels like. So now that you know what it feels like, if you feel it, you fucked up, bro. Oh, yeah. And I hate saying this, but I've done retrain with tandem instructors, and more than one tandem instructor has had to go through mandatory retraining because of a drogue issue. And it's like, we're going to go do more drogless jumps to make sure you understand what this feels like, brother. Yeah. Thankfully, both those guys did a great job. I got told you see the cameraman on his head throw you drug. <laughs> Dude, you know, I love and I agree with that. I have one problem with that. Stephen Boyd used to shoot video full time, and I could have a drogue out with somebody like you on the front, and he could sit on his head in front of me. I mean, he was hung out to do it, but I think the team name Anomaly is very suiting for him. It is. Did, have you ever seen his old camera suit, though? Oh, it's super baggy, right? Yeah, it's called an OB, over baggy suit with wings. So, I mean, no doubt Stephen was able to hang out there because of skill. He was also skinnier 15 years ago, just saying. So was I. Um, but also, he had that baggy as fuck suit, so he could stay with whatever he wanted. I still want to, I haven't jumped with him yet. Yeah. Every really? Not, him, not at all? Every time I see him at Stephen, I want to give a jump. He's like, oh, let's do it, and we never do it. Man, I'm shocked because actually I would think of all people, he would definitely pile on you right away. Yeah. When do you leave? I don't know. December sometime. Don't do it. I heard you're thinking about coming back next year. Oh, I'd love to come back next year. Are we spilling the beans to your parents right now? No, I've already told them. Hold on. Just because I know that you had some other firsts here that we haven't really mentioned. Can you tell me about your first time doing laundry in your life? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, I was in the bunkhouse. Oh, so it was here yeah, it was at age 20. Never done laundry <laughs> before. Just make sure everyone's understanding this. Oh, man. Yeah, I've seen mom do it a couple times. I've seen mom do it. <laughs> How hard could it be? Yeah, like, you know, our washing machine. I haven't done too much, like, actually none. But I've seen her, like, put it in the center. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I can do this. It's not that hard. Put, put the soap in the center? Yeah. But the soap or the Hold laundry. on, you said put it in the center. I'm just yeah, trying so to... We had, like, uh, my washing machine's got like this little center thing. You put it in there, like disperts it out. The agitator has a cup in the top on some of them. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I'm just enjoying it. I'm catching up. <laughs> I'm figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, I, I got to do my first load of washing. I walk in there and I'm looking. I'm like, I don't think this one takes it in the, in the center of it. And I'm like <laughs> shaking my hair, like scratching my hair. Like, and um, I was like, I think Mark was there. I was like, hey, man, like, where do you put your powder? Like, just like try to play it cool. And he's like, what do you fucking mean? I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, like you put it in the center. He's like, nah, put it on top of your fucking clothes, mate. I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you never done your fucking washing, eh? I was like, nah, all the fucking time, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, nah, I think you've never done your washing. There's like a few other people there. Like, you never done your fucking washing? I was like, oh, shit, maybe, maybe never. <laughs> When's the first time you did your wash, Nick? When I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> I moved out of the house. My first time I did wash was in a dorm in college. And uh, I learned a lot too. 
Yeah, it's quite funny. But by, like, by the way, put the soap in. If it's dry powder detergent, then put your clothes in. Oh. You'll never get... Every now and then, you'll get a cake spot of detergent on your clothes, and it'll it'll be there. It'll leave residue. It'll put your dry detergent in first. Your clothes in second. Yeah, right. Or go to wet detergent. There you go, eh? There you go. Very lovely. I'm Asian, man. We learn about laundry. <laughs> Excuse me. We learn about laundry. Laundry. <laughs> laundry. So we talked about tandems a little bit. I want to know about uh, just good old skydiving. How's the fun jumping, hey? Oh, fun jumping is bloody lovely. So what what was skydiving like when you first showed up? For you, what, what was your what was your skill set like? What kind of jumps um, were you doing? I was I had 274 jumps. Uh, I was starting to like learn sit fly. I couldn't really fly. I could hold a sit for a couple seconds, but like I wasn't safe. So I was moving a lot, and then I'd done a little bit of tracking. I tried to work into that movement, but yeah, I'd just done really belly. That was my main thing. And how how were your belly skills? Uh they were right. They weren't the best. I could fly belly, but I don't know. If I dropped low, I was a little bit useless. I I, f- I feel like I see people on the jump package doing mostly. Uh, movement jumps and uh, free fly jumps. Yeah. Do you guys do many belly jumps? Have you done many successful belly jumps in your time here? Yeah, we've done quite a few. More than I thought I was going to do, for sure. Like, what? What's a good belly jump look like? Um, for you? Well, they love doing um, hybrids. Yeah, hybrids here. Mm-hmm. So it's quite funny because like sometimes the free flies can't get there for the hybrid. <laughs> yes. That, that's kind of the point that I was going to try and make my way to, but you did it for me. Yeah. So that's like a solid amount of belly there. But every now and again, we do do belly jumps. Like Zach Boyd organized jumps every now and again too. You said like you do. Go out on your belly and then like get a movement or something, which is cool. You ever have uh, Blair organize a, a belly jump for you? Blair's been really stuck to a computer this year. He does some really, really good. Uh, he takes a lot of the stuff that we do on this like head down sequential big ways and adapts it to belly jumps. And he does a really good job putting some interesting stuff together. You guys should get him to see. To do I heard point. a lot about these Blair ways, and I used to annoy him a lot. I was like, "Do you even fun jump, bro?" Like, like poking him for a while. And yeah, I eventually got a few out of him. So I've done a couple Blair ways. He's a great engineer. Yeah, how'd they go? Oh, good. Did they did did all your friends make it there and not ruin the belly jump? As free flyers tend to do. Man, I think we went. We did one, and I was definitely the weak link. But um, yeah, he was like carrying me around like a balloon. Like <laughs> I, I corked out, and he was still holding on to me. <laughs> what a gentleman! Yeah, he wouldn't uh, let go of me. I got to give this year's jump package a lot of props because you, you you mentioned you see him do a lot of free fly jump and angle jumps, but no doubt I've actually seen this year's JPC do more belly jumps than I've seen any other jump package crew do. And I've been in the loading area going like, oh, look, there's four jump package guys. They're going to do a four-way free fly jump. They'll exit behind me. My AFF course can exit before him. What are you guys doing? A four-way belly jump. Fuck. <laughs> exit after you. Okay. Um, and, and by the way, AFF courses, our candidates are pulling at 2-5 just for the training purposes of working with students. So I like a great spot for those candidates. So not complaining about exiting after you guys. Hudson enjoys doing a lot of like mixed stuff too. So me and Hudson and Josh even, for example, did like – we did – Belly, head up into like an angle the other day. It's like Hudson. Hudson loves those jumps. Yeah, man, they're fun. They're awesome. Do you have a favorite person to jump with? Oh, uh, Hudson's a legend. I like <laughs> yeah, he's Hudson. really good. I can't believe he's gotten as as good as uh, as he has so quick. I feel like he's the Blair of our year. As far as natural skill, yeah. absolutely, and personality too. Do you know why he's so good, Nick? Do you know what brings his body awareness about? Tell me, Jacko. He's a diver. Like, 
I don't know what you call it. Diving, flips, and somersaults. Springboards. Oh, yeah, like a, yeah, proper diver, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's annoying. Like, when did you start, start skydiving, Hudson? He, like, got his A license in March. <laughs> and he's got more jobs than me. He, uh, he'll, I, I, and I haven't heard it from him, but I've heard, I think maybe it was uh, Hako, Josh, Joshua Hawkins, who talked about telling me that he thinks of the body in quadrants when he's diving. You know, there's this quadrant, that quadrant, and how they work and correlate together and how to manipulate and move them together. And, dude, like, when I, I the, one of the pictures we use for your, your ad for this one is you and actual Hudson leaving wow. the plane. How beautiful he, is it? He looks so European, dude. Yeah. And you know what I mean by so European? Yeah, those stupid straight legs. Yeah. Freaking tight, straight, locked, heels together, toes just slightly outward. He it's that sexy, kid man. is body aware. He has yeah. full body awareness. And like me and him start doing like head up movement at like the same time. So like we we're like similar school level for a little bit. And then like he just passed me. What do you mean head up movement? Um head up angles. I mean I sit on the toilet. Is that a head up movement? No. Can be, <laughs> it can be. So angles. What? So you enjoy head up angle? Oh, uh, I'm trying to. I enjoy them. I'm not good at them, but yeah, I'm definitely trying to get better. Are you at stronger them. on your back or on your belly when you're on your feet? Uh I put most of my focus on my back, driving forward. Yeah. So being a follower, yeah, generally. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the harder one. So I, st- I, I just stuck to learning that one first. Which one's harder to you, Nick? Hmm. I don't know. I guess uh, to me, I, I learned uh, in face and out face carving in the tunnel at about the same time. So it's uh, I would say it's that's one thing that I feel like translates pretty well from the tunnel is uh, like the out face uh, upright stuff where your belly is more exposed to the wind just because it's more similar in the sky where your, your rig isn't causing so much of a difference as it is on your uh, when your back's exposed to the wind. But I feel like uh also moving forward. So if I'm on, if I'm more of a back flyer, moving forward to me just visually makes more sense because most of our movement through the world we're, we're moving forward. So I, I feel like that comes easier to me for for that reason. But I think the mechanics of it, I would still maybe agree with Jackson that the the mechanics of of backing up is easier. I feel I can definitely more power backing up, but I, I can't I can't. Match four, right? And but do you, do you feel like it's harder to keep your feet beneath you? That's my problem. Yeah. If I'm forward driving, like my problem is my knees feet come up. So, back sliding, I can kind of like get that a little bit easier than forward drive. But yeah, man, they're just as fucked as each other. Yeah, that's all fucking hard. Upright flying is bullshit anyway. Yeah. I feel like when I'm so back, back backwards. Right? I haven't done any angles, but back driving, I've I've done flying backwards. Yeah, that's easy to do on accident. Exactly. <laughs> so I backslide, so it's easy to do and it's easy to get. But then at some point, I feel like I be I get on the balls of my feet, which is just probably me not being on my feet proper, and it makes me want to cork out or, or or flip out easier. Or when I'm driving forward, I stand on my legs better. I actually have better pressure on my legs. I think it's maybe because I can't just bow forward on my, like on my back, I I can only bend so much. On my belly, or forward, I can bend so much that I can actually just jackknife out of it. Jackson knife out of it. So maybe that's why I have that struggle. Yeah, still the people that do the best are super fucking straight. They're not, they're not bending. Yeah, and that's... It's just all about the, the angle they're making and they just... Yeah. They're, they, they're strong enough with it to keep their feet beneath them the whole time. I got to take a time out for one second. I miss Justin. I love Justin. But can you tell I'm enjoying not having him here tonight? 
<laughs> oh, because you're lounged out on the couch there? Oh, I love comfy. God, dude. It, it's th- There's been shows you haven't been here and Justin's produced, and I've actually like been like, I have found this is such a sweet. That's a recliner, bro. To your right, you can pull out a little lever. To your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Find that lever way down Lo- there. Lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Bloody lovely. Make sure you take that microphone with you when you get back in that chair, my friend. So did you show up with any specific goals when you, uh, when you, like, when you bought the jump package, like, what were you thinking it was this year was going to be like? Well, originally I was like, oh, you just want to get a thousand jumps on a package and get a tandem rating. But like once I started jumping, I like lost the goal of a thousand. And it was more over, like quality over quantity. Once like once you break even, you kind of like get that little relief. Uh-huh. And then it's more like quality jumps. Because um, you definitely have a lot of people on a package and it's like numbers, numbers, numbers. But I feel like the, qu- the more quality jumps and the more time you take to like look at the jump, and then you go do another one. It's like more valuable for sure. But we have like a crest back home. You have to get you have to get like a head down and head up crest to be able to fly yeah, two or more people. Okay. So how how tell me more about those crests? How do you qualify for this crest? Oh, I don't know, man. It's like I feel like just to just to put my two cents, and I feel like that's something that's definitely missing from the American method. Yeah. It's like once you have your A license, there's not a lot. Yeah. That you know, a lot of rules you can refer to that restrict you from going out and yeah. being a super dangerous sit flyer, right? Yeah, we have like a few things. We have like a B rails they call it, so that's just belly formations. But you kinda guys build it into the STP program up until like two ways. B rails, just belly relative stuff. Yeah, okay. so yeah, do I had to do like I wanna say three two ways with an instructor, uh-huh. one three way and then another three four ways. And you have to like make like three docks or whatever it is. But um, once you get your B-Rail sign off, you get your B-License, but then you can jump with like more than three people up until ten people. Mm-hmm. And after ten people, you got to get a Star Crest, and that's like another thing. Yeah, SCR, Star Crest Round. The yeah. same thing that we have here. Star Crest Recipient. Yeah. That's okay, yeah. cool. So, um, and then there's a free-flying one, so you got to get your head up crest. I think it's like two jumps or three. But let, let's say that I don't have my, my head up crest and I'm out doing uh, upright free fly jumps. Am I going to get in trouble? Like, are there consequences for doing this? Yeah, you have to. Um, you can only do it two ways, I believe. Well, let's say I'm going to just sneak and do a four way. What happens? Oh, you're being a bit naughty. I don't know the consequences. <laughs> I never did it. I was still like too young to like understand. You're being a bit I was, naughty. I was still more... Yeah, I still do my belly stuff. Okay, so. good. So you're being responsible, and I feel like I feel like we do have like the mentor program. I think is a really great way of trying to keep people on track, doing the right thing. With uh, you know anyone who might not know about the mentor program, Spaceland offers free coaching, free organizing for people up to 100 jumps to work on those belly skills that people should have before they start free flying. But there's nothing that says you have to do that, right? Yeah, you could have 25 jumps and well, fuck that. I I can figure out how to sit flying all by myself. I don't need coaching. I don't. You know, we don't even have a a briefing required before someone goes out and starts zip flying. Like yeah. I can't count on the number, like on both hands and both feet, the number of times I've had the conversation on the airplane with someone who I can tell is a newly licensed jumper. And I say, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go work on me sit flying. Yeah. I'm going to go <laughs> heads down. Yeah. Heads down. <laughs> like that shit happens. And then I say, okay, okay. What, uh, what direction are you going to face? It's always my first question because this is my, I'm tricking them into giving me, the wrong answer because <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping they're going to say something stupid so I can say, hey, you know, this is this is the answer that you should have given me. This is why if you don't know this, there's a really good chance there's some other stuff that you don't know about free flying. Maybe we should have a conversation on the ground before you do this jump. Maybe you'd be better off doing a belly jump. That's the quick version of, of this conversation that I've 
had on the plane a lot of times. But there's still no rule. You know, there's nothing written down anywhere that says that they can't do that. Yeah. So I, I really admire this about the Australian progression as it seems like they've really yeah. mitigated some of those risks. Yeah, I can't quite remember what it is, but I think it's like you have to do two jumps with a free fly instructor and you have to get like dock, slow fall, fast fall, front flip, dock again, I think. So it's just to show you can get unstable and not like cork out. And so ba- I know the basics of some APF Australian Parachute Federations and it's exactly what you described. So when... USPA, we have AFF. You have to prove control on all access with stability. So you have to be able to go front loop, back loop turns, right? And maintain fall rate. But it's the same thing, what what you just described. And said and done, the APF, amongst other organizations, have much more stringent standards. Where the USPA has a little bit more relaxed. I don't think our standards are lax. I don't really think that at all. But they're more relaxed. Have you noticed a difference, number one? Yes. Number two, which one's better in your opinion? Oh, don't be afraid to insult us. Yeah. No fucking jump package in Australia, hey? Nah, there isn't. <laughs> oh, I think there is actually. Oh, is there? I was just talking shit. I think there's one, and uh, I think now there's ex- so many Aussies over here doing it. Then huh? I think now they accept two people. Should go back to your fucking country, Sue. Nah, this just kidding. Better. I'm so no, glad I don't you're here. Want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like USPA more, maybe because it's like a little bit easier. Yeah. Do you know why? APF or USPA is more relaxed than APF and any, any of you guys? I've got no clue. I would bet it has something to do with our relationship with the FAA. Uh, and that's a very strong statement. So um, NAC, National Aero Club, is what USPA or the FAA or, or uh, the NAA, which is our National Aeronautic, uh, anyways, it's, it's a generic term. Uh, the APF is a NAC, National Aero Club, is required by your NAA. Your NAA is a generic term for FAA. NAA, FAA, same words. Your NAA, which is actually what it's called, is requires the APF. Our NAA, the FAA, recommends USPA. If USPA was required, they could have more stringent and less relaxed standards. USPA is a voluntary organization. Let's make the standards more uh, tighter. The standards are tighter. Would drop zones stop being members? Yes. Drop zones stop being members. Would you have to be a member of USPA? No. And honestly... Would you be a member of USPA if the drop... Now may be a different story. But when you started skydiving, if nobody told you you had to join USPA, would you? No. Probably not. I would see it as... I don't know why I got to pay that money. Now, this industry, who helps us tremendously, goes out of business. So I hate this next statement, but I agree with it. As an organization, we have to make smart rules that will voluntarily be complied with that people won't rebel against... To keep it, because honestly, at some point, if we don't follow USPA, the FAA is going to require our NAC, our, our USPA. So APF, I don't have a choice. I have to be an APF member. It's part of your NAA said and done. Yeah. So that's why the standards are stricter in, in England and Canada, because a lot of these NACs are required by your NNA, NAAs. God, sorry about the nerd version of all that. <laughs> it's all good. I think the acronyms just get a little confusing. Yeah, and I can't remember the full definition. National Aviation Administration. Thank you, but Ooh. no. Oh, I thought that sounded good. Let's that, l- let's look it up. That's yeah, and it could be, but National NAA acronym. Aaron, yeah. Uh, so National Agents Alliance. That's not it. That's not it. <laughs> I've worked with USPA a lot, including not another it. acronym. That's not it. <laughs> On the board, Newspaper of- Association of America. 
National Archives of Australia. <laughs> National Auctioneers Association. I want to just keep reading until one of these sticks. <laughs> National Autism Association. National Alumni Asso- This is all fucking bullshit. None of this is skydiving. North American Aviation. That's kind of... Uh, that's close. N- neutron Activation Analysis. <laughs> National Aviation Academy. Not North American Airlines. National Aeronautics Association. Is that it? That's yes. National Aeronautics Association. Aeronautics. That's why I was like, it's not aviation. It's because it has to do with everything, including space. Like Alan Eustace and Felix Baumgarten's records are nas- are recognized by the NAAs. And the FAI is uh, that's FAI is a federal. I'm, I'm still not sure if I if I found the right thing. It says the National Aeronautic Association of the United States (NAA) is a nonprofit organization and a founding member of the Federal Air the FAI, whatever the stupid French words are. Aeronautic International. NAA was founded in 1905 as the Aero Club of America by members. NAC of National Aero Club. Okay, NAC. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. NAC. Yeah. So, and USPA follows under that NAC, where APF is its own. So, uh, yeah, I'm so sorry I use acronyms. It's just the I'm world I work so in. I'm so confused. Yeah. Anyway. You're I, required. We're not. Oh, my but we're, hurt. But the FAI, I, w- I would say, is probably not the organization I would choose about who's going to regulate skydiving. And if the if the USPA goes away, the FAI steps in to make all, make all those rules. A bunch of people who aren't skydivers, who don't understand skydiving, who are going to give us far shittier rules than the ones we make for ourselves. Is that the point you're trying to make? A million percent. Cool. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the question was before we went down that rabbit hole. We got to the fact that you guys have to go through like BRELs, which, and, and yes, so Australia, it's kind of weird. You go through AFF, yeah, essentially, and then you have an A license. AF? Yeah. Uh, we still you have to call 25 jumps to get an A license. Yeah, but the but skill set you show, said and done, is equivalent to our AF. I actually have to compare these programs regularly. So, for example, the BRELs you do, you say we include an STP. Uh, the first few, anyway. Yeah, the, yeah. The instructor ones. Yeah, right. and a lot of them are also uh, included in coach jumps in any drop zone. We just call it STP. So there are quite a few. We, we, we've actually had people come from Australia with an Australian A license and say, hey, can you jump in America? Well, what of your B-rails have you and haven't you done? Yeah. So um, it, it's weird because they're, you guys are more comprehensive. I don't even think strict is a good word. I think comprehensive is a word. But at the same time, there's things that are like less. I, don't, I just don't know. I think if once you do your AFF, you can only do solos until your B-Rail stage one. So I think I remember I wanted to go. I think I'd just done my AFF and I wanted to go for a jump with another guy. Mm-hmm. And he was an instructor. He was not an instructor, so I couldn't jump with him. So I had to do a solo until I'd done B-Rail stage one where I knew how to break off. When's the first time you jumped with somebody who wasn't a coach or an instructor? What jump number? Probably like 26. When's the first time, Nick, you jumped with somebody who wasn't a coach or an instructor? Jump eight or nine. <laughs> eight. Yeah, same thing. Different, uh, we, we, we also were in a very different day and age. Or jump 13. I was doing head down, bitch. <laughs> Dude, my first free Don't bike. do that, please. If anyone heard me yeah. say that, that's the wrong way. Mine was jump 18, and I agree, not a great idea. The girl that took me was super cute, though. <laughs> oh, man, I love you cute girls. Thank you so much. Hey, speaking of cute girls, uh, Josh Hawkins said, ask you about how cute your sister is. Oh, stuff it. Stuff it, hey? <laughs> he sent me a message the other night. She must have popped up in his um, recommendations. <laughs> I was like, ignored it. She's quite a looker, hey? 
Damn quite, it. quite the Sheila. Yeah. Dude, who there was somebody last year, and I wish I could remember who it was, who had quite a cute sister, and a bunch of us sent her a friend re, friend uh, request. Well, they did that. Oh, God, I'm not me. even going to bring up they who did, I think they did it did is. That to me. Poor person. Um, we did it to you. Yeah, they did it to that me That was well. you. It was this year then. Yeah. It was earlier, much earlier this year. It was probably like, I want to say May, April, May. Yes, I'm positive it was you now. Yeah. And as I sit here and think about it, I'm going to go back through your Facebook pictures for a second and Oh, go. don't do it. That's uh, so mean. I'm not going to share it. <laughs> I'm not going to share let's, it. Okay, let's, I'm sorry I brought that up. Josh, uh, you're welcome. Uh, how, how badly do you want a chicken parma? Chick, chicken parmy. Chicken parmy. Yeah. So, man, I, what's a chicken? Is this? Yeah. Oh, it's like I don't know. They say it's Italian or something, but like I can only ever find one in Australia. Like chicken parmesan. So it's like chicken breast, crumb chicken breast with like pasta sauce, Napoleon sauce. Do you call it? Uh, cheese. I think that's it. That's a chicken parmesan. We have it in America. Here's the problem. How thick is your chicken? Oh, like, <laughs> what, that sounds like it's getting sexual pretty quick. Well, because Proper some some places thick. you can only get like a flattened out chicken parmesan. You see this up here? Is this what you're talking about, Jackson? Oh my, that's the, that's it. That's it. Bloody lovely, dude! You can get those all over the place here. What the? Have you not been to Olive Garden? No, they, yeah, they I would, I would say any Italian shit. restaurant's gonna have a chicken they said parmesan. It was spaghetti in that. I want. So you don't like it with the noodles? No, what the fuck? On a bed of spaghetti? No one does that. That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> I want I want hot chips and a little shitty salad. Hold on, when you say hot chips, can you I speak mean American? I mean fries. So you want fries and a chicken parmesan? Yeah. No, no sandwich. You don't want this to be a sandwich? No, what the fucking sandwich? I, shit, I don't know. I make anything into a sandwich. It gets better, right? No, I want chicken parmi. Okay, I'm gonna find Houston's best chicken parmesan for don't you. Don't bother, bro. I've looked. Dude, we're gonna do a grazia night sometime soon, Nick, and I'm gonna see if I can get our boy Jacko into that grazia night. Take a little string pulling if we can get him into that place. Um, but uh, they have a good chicken parmesan, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. It's not super authentic Italian because they're not a full Italian. Although they're Italian kitchen, they've got an American cuisine to it. But dude, they got a good chicken parmesan. Yeah, Joshy Hawks went out one night. And he like he's like, dude, they've got chicken parmigiana. So like, updated me as the night went on through Snapchat. <laughs> and then the disappointment, in like when the meal came out, like covered in spaghetti bolognese and shit. They ruined it. Dude, there are so many places that will actually serve an Italian, or excuse me, a chicken parmesan with a side of spaghetti. Most places, it's not on top. It's on the side. Yeah, the, the first place that came up is a chicken parmigiana sandwich, like a sub sandwich. Oh, I love those. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. This is what they do. I'm gonna f- I'll am gonna. i find one that's not on a sandwich. Have you never had a chicken parmesan sandwich? No. Dude, it's the cat's meows. It's the freaking uh, duck's nuts, mate. It is mate. not, bro. You've never had one? How uh, can you argue this? I just know this? it. You're a heathen. <laughs> you are a reprobate, sir. Oh, man. Dude, I'm actually pulling up. There's a there's a, an Italian joint. There's a few Italian joints here uh, in in our local neighborhood, and I'm trying to a learn how to spell and b how to see my screen without my reading glasses. God, he's getting old, huh? Dude, yeah, again, it's not one of us young bucks. Yeah, yeah dude, it really, man, it it, it, it really does kind of suck at points. I'm um, here, here. Let's go. I'm gonna look up this place real quick. Hang on, while he's finding that, I want you to tell me about your your best skydive so far this year. Your favorite oh. jump. What's the best thing that's happened? I don't know, man. What do you mean you don't know? There's so many of them. I, I couldn't think Kay, of one. Okay, top three. Top three. Uh, I was pretty happy. I did I did two-way B-doors, Brooke, one day. And I was like, my head up, 
was like pretty solid. I was pretty stoked with that one. Um, I don't know, man. They're all good. I want to say like thousands was fun. I like, did like a little crazy angle. Like everyone yeah. was there. That was pretty that's cool. nice. Yeah, that was, that's great when they're all tightened together, right? Yeah, not a lot of movement. It feels quiet. Yeah, that's that. That's that good shit. Yeah. Okay, he's got a picture of a chicken parmesan for you. How does it look? Yeah, the parmy looks alright, but what's it's got parmy? spaghetti on the what's side. Thing on the side, you don't have to eat the spaghetti, motherfucker. Yeah, like let's get rid of it. Put some hot chips and like a shitty little salad there. Be lovely. I bet you you can go to this place and you can say, "Yo, man, I want that chicken parmesan. Can you sub me some hot chips instead of if they have hot chips? I don't know if they serve fries here or not. Fries, fries. Can you give me some fries? Some fries. Say water. Water. Say water like an American. Water. <laughs> was that good? That was decent. Yeah, was I'm still getting like learning, like because like even I went to the gas station the other day and um. I ordered some hot chips, and then they're like, what? I was like, sorry, I'm in fries. When you go home and you call it a gas station, what's your friends going to say? Yeah, they're going to slap me, man. Like Josh Wh- said to what me. What do you guys call it? Servo. Servo. Like, I even say it now, like, naturally, oh, I'm going to the gas station. You guys, what do you think? I'm like, whoa, I've changed. By the way, that chicken parmesan you saw, that whole plate was eight forty. Eight dollars and forty cents is just oh, down the, the road. One from I found here. was like twenty five something. Oh, oh tell, yeah. So is that worth a try somewhere? Yeah, eight dollar one. I'll point you out it. the direction, man. Sweet. Yeah, dude. I had a friend who went to Canada for hockey camp one day, and he was there for two weeks, and he came back from Canada talking like he was Canadian, <laughs> and we wanted to smack dude, him. Dude, yeah, I dated a girl who, like, after we had finished our thing, she moved to New York and had lived there for like two months, and I spoke with her on the phone. Full New York, like, Long Island accent. It's like, bitch, <laughs> knock that shit off. <laughs> get dude. the fuck out of here. Get the fuck. Like, you've been there for a year. I get it. No, dude, a year? Dude, I've been in Texas for seven years. I'm not yeah. saying y'all. Fuck no, that. So I, I don't get you sound just like me that you use some words. Yeah, some words. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but dude, if I went back home and was talking in a Texas accent, <laughs> I would feel like a fucking fool, rightly so. Don't blame me one bit, man. It's a... Uh, I, I say y'all well, not. Well, howdy, y'all. Y'all have a blessing night. <laughs> I say y'all not because I live in Texas. I say y'all because I started in Tennessee and Alabama. So y'all has just been my vocabulary. Other than that, I um, I don't think I sound very Texan until I hang out with my friends not from Texas, and they tell me I sound like a Texan. No, you do not. I agree I don't, but I think they just want to glorify the fact that I'm like, example, Jacob. You met Jacob recently at PIA. Yep. Jacob wants to say I'm a Texan. I think it's because he wants me to be. You saw he wore a cowboy hat, right? No, I didn't catch the cowboy oh, hat. Oh, dude, he had a white cowboy hat he wore regularly. I guess we didn't wear it on the on the expo floor, or on the, the symposium floor. Um, dude, I think he just wants me to be a Texan, so I sound Texan to him. Do you have a favorite American word, some some good American slang? Because I sure enjoy oh. the Australian slang. I don't know. Americans, like, they say y'all a lot. Y'all. I don't use it, but. Oh, what else is it? Y'all's not American. It's Southern. Yeah, that's very, very Texan. Um, yeah. Southern. No? What do you, you mean, d- no? You don't like what we say? You don't like gas station? <laughs> no, nah, I'm all about the servo. Sounds so much better. Ah, the fucking servo. I'm going down to servo, mate. You want anything? <laughs> what do you miss about uh, about home? What do you miss from Australia? Uh, meat pies. What's a meat pie? It's like a pie with meat in it. <laughs> it's like, oh, my. How? How? Beautifully articulate <laughs> with your description. Reverse words. It'll make sense. <laughs> it's like uh, a pie with meat in it. <laughs> What's a meat pie? It's a pie with meat. Uh, uh, do you know what a chicken pot pie is? 
a pop of a chicken. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, is that the same thing? Uh, yeah. When you say a meat pie, does it have a crust? It's like more got beef in it, but not so much. God, I'm just going to fucking Google. Do Australian you really know pie. what a chicken pot pie is? You sounded like you guessed when you said a pot chicken pie with pot a chicken. Pie? Um, I'm going to say Aussie meat pies. I don't know, like chicken in a pot. Okay. Like chicken soup almost in a you, pot. Is this, have I got the right thing up here? Oh, is this a fucking meat oh, pie? Oh, it looks fucking delightful. <laughs> this, this is what you miss? Oh, yes. See, I, this looks pretty similar to what I think of when I say chicken pot pie. Similar for sure. Except for it's just got veggies and <laughs> only comes in like TV dinners. <laughs> oh, oh. No, man, you got to have a good proper made chicken pot pie. It looks like a, yeah. It, 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 so what else do you miss about? I've had one of them this year. Uh, Katie, Katie Van Lowe cooked them up. Meat pies? Yeah. Steak, bacon, and cheese. Oh, it was delightful. Dude, that girl can cook? Yeah. She's already a wonderful human being and she can cook? Mm-hmm. What else do you miss about Oz Australia? Um... Do you miss Tasmanian devils? I'm not from Tasmania. Do they? Do, is that is that a real animal? Like that he spins really crazy. It was. It, what do you mean? Wait, it was? Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Yeah, that's around. They got like diseases, but like what? Like chlamydia, like the koalas. No, I'm not. <laughs> how funny is that? <laughs> do koalas really have chlamydia? Koalas have yeah, chlamydia. Yeah. That's real shit. Oh yeah. my god, it's, it's nuts. How do they get chlamydia? Don't know. Hold on, I'll do some research while you guys are talking. <laughs> I've looked this up before. From people from Queensland. <laughs> Queensland. Queensland. Man, um, what else do you miss from back home? Vegemite? No. I got Vegemite. Yeah. Um meat pies, chicken parmy. What else is there? I just got an argument with some of your friends who say you haven't had um Mark Jenner, you just haven't had Vegemite right proper. And he tries to explain to me, I'm like, dude, my an 18 years old, my dorm uh, resident, he actually tried to tell me the same thing. Dude, I've had it properly toasted, not too much, not too little. I call it medium toasting. Plenty of butter, minimal butter, thick fucking Vegemite, thin Vegemite. I've had it every way. Yeah. I just don't dig it, man. Not my cup of tea. Yeah, man. It's definitely um not for everyone. Yeah. I can have it without butter and that on toast. Like, it doesn't really bother me. But, oh, God. But um, I'm reading about this fucking chlamydia. It's <laughs> terrible. I'm just going to read a little bit here. <laughs> chlamydia, a type of sexually transmitted disease also found in humans, has hit wild koalas hard, with some wild populations seeing a 100% infection rate. No shit. The infectious oh, the bacteria aren't fatal, aren't uh, usually aren't fatal, but they can severely impact a koala's health. That's a concern as the blah, 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 blah. I just wanted to get to this part. Young koalas, this is disgusting. <laughs> Young koalas in the pouch also get it from eating their mom's pap, which is a very <laughs> nutrient-dense fecal matter. <laughs> They're eating shit in mom's pouch and getting <laughs> chlamydia. How fucking boars <laughs> can it get? <laughs> that joeys eat after breastfeeding, but before they start on eucalyptus leaves. What's a joey? Is that a young ko- a young koala? Yeah. That's the same this? for a kangaroo. I knew that for kangaroo. Yeah, how long has it been since you've seen a kangaroo? Eight months. Have you seen a armadillo? <laughs> I look dead. <laughs> yeah, I dude, dead. I've never seen a live one either. Dude, hang out <laughs> in my front yard tonight. Dude, really? Dude, I've, seen, I've seen possums around, but never an armadillo. Dude, every armadillo I've seen is like stiff-legged. So it's just like on, on his back. <laughs> so I had a buddy come in to visit. Adam Woomer. You shot video of my buddy Adam who came into Tana with my gaming nerd friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember him. And we were hanging out in my front yard. In my front driveway, he was having a smoke. And... And he goes, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, that's an armadillo. He's like, you're fucking with me. I'm like, bro. And he, we pull out flashlight. He's like, dude, that's a fucking armadillo. I'm like, yeah, dude, I have armadillos in my yard. 
they happen. We see them at night. We don't see them often. You just got to be here at the right time. He goes, we, we game together a lot, video game. He's like, dude, we've all been talking shit about you saying armadillos in your yard. Because you complained one day about armadillos in your yard. And ever since then, it's been a joke. Like, oh, he's in Texas. He has armadillos in his yard. Ha, ha. And we tease you about it, but you've been serious this whole time. I'm like, yes, I have fucking armadillos Ooh, in my that's fucking sick, yard. Man. I yeah. want to say it was Blake. He was saying he used to chase him when he was younger. Like that. <laughs> Do people eat him? I don't know. Do but Steven might. I doubt he still has it. Video, he was out in the woods chasing some cutaway, or I don't remember what he was doing in the woods. And he saw an armadillo, and he's got video of him trying to stalk and walk up on this armadillo, man. <laughs> if you're ever in my house in the front yard, look around the front yard in the daylight, and you'll see little pouches, uh, patches in the grass about, you know, maybe baseball to softball size, where it looks like somebody used its snout and just kind of dug in and rooted around in the grass. And those are little armadillo pouches. During the patches. Depression, yeah, armadillos were often eaten by hungry people. They were called Hoover dogs by anger by people angry with then President Herbert Hoover's broken promise of a chicken in every pot. The meat is said to taste like fine grained, high quality pork. Let's eat some armadillos. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. They're like possums with armor on yeah, their back. They look awesome. Yeah. They really look like possums with armor on their back. That's what they. That's what I think of when I think of, a, of, an, of an armadillo. So did you really realize armadillos were real before you moved here? I thought they were like a dinosaur, man. <laughs> <laughs> they got like the hard shell, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought they were like prehistoric. No, man. And I do, for the first like several years I lived here, the only armadillo I saw was on Stephen's phone or on the road dead. Yeah. So have you ever seen an armadillo on the side of the road dead with a bottle of beer? A beer? Yeah, no, it's been no. many years since I've seen this, but when I first uh, visited Texas, not when I first moved here, the area of Texas I was visiting, there's an ar- armadillo is a brand of beer as well, and people would actually take beer bottles when they found dead armadillos and put it, like, uh. make it like look like the armadillo's <laughs> down there. And my buddy lived in, in dude, deep southwest Texas, and I, I've seen several instances of a dead armadillo holding a bottle of beer. It's fucking awesome, <laughs> That's man. That's fucking gold, man. Yeah. What um, surprised you? So you don't miss much about Australia then. What surprised just you? the food. The food. What did surprise you the most about America? Um, free refills. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Free refills on soda. Yeah. I could not believe it, man. Uh, what do you guys call soda back home? Soft drink. Soft drink. Because in like. <laughs> what? That's just so funny. <laughs> free free refills? Like, that hey, blows your mind. You know, I mean, hey, you moved to America. What was the craziest thing? Dude, you would not believe it. <laughs> Soft drinks everywhere. Refills. Dude, I legit, like, when I talked to my friend, I was like, dude, they have free refills everywhere. I thought it was just the places that had like the ser- serve yourself like drink machine. Until I was at Chick fil A, one of the boys walks up and goes, Can I get another refill? I was like, fuck off. Like, they, you could do Fuck that. off. <laughs> They're like, yeah, man. So I was just like getting free refills just because I could. Most <laughs> restaurants, free refills. Yeah. Yeah, man. And like, they just keep coming out and filling up my Coke. And I was like, I like four Cokes one night just because I could. <laughs> Dude, I, when I don't drink soda anymore, but I used to actually have to hold my glass back. like, no, I don't need any more soda, please. Because they will just pour 12 I glasses do, of soda in your face, man. I don't have like self-control to say stop i just keep going i used to not and i finally developed it then i finally developed the habit of like just stop drinking soda man mm. that shit's horrible for you uh, lovely other than free reef so no free refills in australia at all nah. nowhere oh. not even like a benefit or a perk that you've seen maybe like a buffet place so it, it blows your mind what else what else about america blows your mind driving the wrong side of the road 
Has, how much have you driven in America? Man, I only started driving like the last two months, I want to say. And how, how many times have you driven on the wrong side of the road and for how long? I haven't driven on the wrong side of the road yet. It's just like little things like when I'm turning a corner, like I turn it like on the wrong lane. Just because okay. I'm used to turning so sharp, you know what I mean? I visited New Zealand and that was my problem. I never drove on the wrong side of the road. One time... I went to turn lanes, and I just got there. It was the second time I tried to turn from one road to another, and I start turning. As I start turning, a car starts coming. I'm like, uh, and immediately change lanes. Yeah. So there is something that's super fucked with me when driving on the opposite side of the road, and I'm curious if it's messed with you at all. I will go to turn my blinker on, and then oh man, oh, those windscreen wipers going so fast. <laughs> yes. Have you ever had this issue, oh, Nick? Man. No, <laughs> dude. I don't know how oh, many man. times I drove in New Zealand and I tried to change lanes, and I washed the windshields. Now oh, just laughed at me, like, dude. Any time I try to change lanes, fucking there goes the windshield wipers. Yeah, I'll be driving with, like Elvin <laughs> next to me, and he'll be in the passenger seat, and he's just like, "Oh my fucking god, bro!" <laughs> Like, I'm like freaking out. I got windscreen wipers going. I'm trying to change lanes, man. <laughs> so, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. It's a fucking disaster, man. Elvin actually comes from a country that drives on, I guess in, in China, they drive on all sides of the road. So that's to be fair. I don't know what the driving arrangement is over in China. I'm just saying they're chaotic. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of accidents. Elvin's a solid <laughs> driver, but I'll give it to him. Is he? Because I, I hopped in this car with this um, Chinese dude doing his um, A license. And it was just driving us down to like to the ghetto. And man, like he's pulling out, and like he just stops in the middle of the lane, and because there's another car, he goes, "Oh, sorry," <laughs> and he's just sitting in the lane, just waiting for the car. I was like, freaking out, man. And, like Elvin's good, I'll give him that, but any other Asian drivers? Asian drivers, no survivors. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it about anything: women drivers, no survivors. Australian, you just—it's a driver. Survivor Dude, I've got game. an Asian woman driver in my life. How do you think I feel? Dude, totally <laughs> wrecked, man. My sister, I love her to death. Don't ride with that young lady in a car ever. Actually, middle-aged lady now. Hey, Debbie. Hey, Debbie. We used to be friends, and then you talk shit about me at Disney World, and now we're not cool. <laughs> oh, Debbie. <laughs> Dude, I cannot wait for her to visit. She's gonna visit sometime. So, do we? We uh, when Debbie visits, we're gonna do a show. You in? Of course I've been. Well, I don't. Yeah, dude, you two talking shit listens, about me? That's awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> Did mean, you say she listens it, to like every episode. Yeah, yeah. Hello, yeah. Debbie. <laughs> dude, I love my sister. I, I, I think she listens. She's listened to the majority. And I think all episodes. Um, I don't think there's very many people who've listened to as many as her. There's maybe a small handful. Oh, something I wanted to bring up. Actually, I'll save it. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you. No, I'm going to save it for the end of the show. I'll tell you the end <laughs> okay, of the show. Okay, okay. Uh, you're single. How have you managed this? Oh. You're young. You're handsome. You're charismatic. You Good got that mustache. Strength. Come on. Oh, this is easy. When was the last time you kissed a Shigla? Oh. Elvin does not count. Elvin doesn't count. Probably not in America. Ladies, man. get on this, America's man. America's been please. rough for me, bro. You hear this accent? He's the friendliest guy ever. Sharon's tricky, man. Who cares, dude? Houston's so close. Say so, hey, hey, no, you tell you tell them to make the trip. Hey, ladies, I gotta, I gotta. Fucking, I was, I was you live in a trailer, right? Yeah, I was hoping with, with Elvin. Yeah, with Chin Long. Yeah, dude, I live with a rich little Asian man, and <laughs> I got this accent. We have a trailer. Come check it out. Well, um, I was hoping the tanner is going to help me out, but I've, all I've had is 48-year-old hillbillies. <laughs> well, keep on it. Yeah. One of them's going to put out eventually. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so rough, man. So rough. 
So uh, you, you're going to try and get some more tandems while you're here before yeah, the end of the year? I'd be stoked to get off probation. That'd be good. So I think that's, I think I've got like 13 more to go. Correct. So uh, probation, being on uh, tandem probation, what does that mean for you? Um, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm restricted in wins, I believe. And What's the win limit? Don't ask him. He knows. I know he knows. I want to say 20. 15. There isn't one. There oh, one? take you, that, you, stupid. You don't have I didn't know the answer. Yeah. You should you should respect a smart win limit. Yeah. I agree with that thought process. Good common sense and good logic. You should respect a smart win limit. Okay, what else can you tell Your me tandem about tandem examiner might have gave you one by the way. I um I can't jump with just regular outside camera. I think I'm allowed to jump with a professional videographer. So I could go? Yeah, you can come film me potato So chip. you can only jump with an experienced videographer. So yes. they don't they so you can jump with any videographer. Real realistically for Spaceland it's an easy conversation. If we let them shoot video for hire, you can jump with them because they're going to be good enough because some asshole who runs that department makes sure that you have the skills not just to shoot a good video but to shoot a safe video. Thank you, Nick. We try. Uh, you guys try. You guys uh I would say you succeed all the time, but people make mistakes, and I can't be mad we, at that. We bring on new people. I can't control everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you you can only jump with you can't jump with anybody. No relative work, in other words. So you can't have anybody outside join you for the for these jumps, except for an experienced videographer. Yes. What else is your probationary status hold? Uh, I got a weight limit, have I? Yeah, you do. What's your weight limit? Uh, my weight limit's Pedro. I think that's like 190 pounds, I want to say. Okay. Do you have a height limit? You better say yes. Yes. How tall is it? You better say six feet. Six feet. Man, you're so smart, dude. Yeah. So your weight limit <laughs> Thanks, is man. your weight limit is 200 pounds and six feet. Yeah, right. That is your limit. Now, since Pedro's 195, Pedro said, let's just set that as a weight limit until you get through probation, which I think is smart and respectful. I don't have any issues with it. Yeah. Um, I also would be okay if it was 200 because what's five pounds? Yeah. It was like... Pretty funny when they asked me to do my first tandem. Like I was in the packing room, I could just see like Nicole walking up to me. It was like a busy sad day, and I started getting the sweats. She's like, "Jackson, what's your weight limit?" A little like Pedro. She's like, "We got you on a tandem, three loads time. No, it was like four loads time. So I had like hour and a half, maybe <laughs> an hour." To how, like, how anxious did you get during oh, that hour? Oh, bro. I was like sweating, man. I was like, just couldn't did, stop Did you have to go take a panic shit? So I'm like, <laughs> they're like. Hold on. Did you shit between receiving this news and doing the tandem? I did. <laughs> so I was like. It was did funny. you know that already? No, I just I, assumed. I had like, I had I like half an hour. They're like, I can go out and like, give him up in like half an hour. It's like half an hour comes. I get ready. I was like, oh, I'm going to disappear. Like, Where's Jackson? I was taking a nervous poo. <laughs> I come back refreshed, ready to go. Did you wash your hands? I did. Liar. He's a fucking liar. I did. With soap as well. <laughs> With soap as well. It's called rinsing off your hands unless you use soap. <laughs> Adult. Okay, so tell me about meeting this student. Um, Wait got, a minute. Hold on a second. What else do you have to do during your probationary jumps? Where are you documenting all your jumps right now? My logbook. Cool. You actually have to, it's a requirement, you have to have a written logbook entry of all of your students during your first 15 jumps, um, where after that, you can just log whatever, however you want. You actually have to be more more specific requirements for logging during your probationary. Yeah. What else? What else is different in your probation? There's one more thing that I know we haven't mentioned. I don't know. Do I have to wear a jumpsuit? Yeah, there it is. Sweet. I had to think about that. I was like, why haven't we mentioned? I thought about it. I didn't think it was a thing, but. 
It's a yeah. thing, right? That's pro- that's part of probation for Re- for UPT, isn't it? It's recommended. No, it is recommended you wear proper drag. Um, jumpsuit, not necessarily, because there's plenty of tandem instructors out there who wear appropriate pants and shirts that are proper drag. Okay. So I thought it was a jumpsuit. Someone yeah. told me it was a jumpsuit. No. And, and people say that to... Jumpsuit's good, but yeah. recommendation. Okay. Sorry to interrupt then. Uh, tell me about meeting your student. Well, I got told. He's like, I don't know who he was. It was like, I think his name was Ben. And I'm like, yeah, you don't like, even remember your first student's name? It was Ben. I yeah. remember my second student's name. It was definitely Ben. I can't remember my first. You guys are pieces of shit. <gasps> Dottie. You should have kissed Ben on the mouth. I don't know his last name. But yeah, they're like, oh, he's like, he's he's walking around in his camo gear. Like, fuck, here we go. So he's walking around what? In his camo gear. Okay. Here, so get, get that mic just a little closer to you. So I find, there we go. I find Ben, and he's there with his family. And Ben's like, I want to say 47. Like late forties, <laughs> like. Is he a good-looking fella? No, he's uh, he goes all right. You does know, does he have all his teeth? He does have all. His, oh, okay, that's a good start. That's good. Yeah, for Texas. He's got all his teeth. <laughs> he's got these big-ass fucking cowboy boots on. He's got like that. You know where you see like they wear that camo shirt, but it's like a raggy, shitty camo shirt, like just for like hunting and working, I guess. He's got his jeans. Real tree. Yeah, <laughs> he's got these jeans on like this. Big ass belt buckle and like massive cowboy boots. And I'm like, oh, hey man, oh, I'm Jackson. I'm going to take you for a tandem today. He's like, oh, yeah, sweet. All right, let's go. And then I was like, I was like Pedro, what do I do with my shoes? Like, get them off without like, to go find him some shoes. He's like, size fucking 13 or something. I'm like, what? So I was trying to find shoes for him. Um, and yeah, I, I remembered to put a jumpsuit on, on him. Because I got told, make sure you remember, don't do what Joshy Hawks did. <laughs> Josh geared up his gym without putting the jumpsuit on. I saw another new tandem instructor do that <laughs> three days ago. Yeah? Yep. And, um, yeah, geared him up, got him all ready, and we walked out to the airplane. And it was cool because like, I felt like confident once I was like in the moment, but it was just more the lead up that was like made me a little nervous. But, yeah, I think... I was getting out. I think I got out second last. Zach said he would let me go out before him. And yeah, man, the exit was good. It was awesome. He was kicking a little, but like, no, I didn't really notice it too much. Then you did your job. Yeah. Through a drug, looked over my shoulder, handle checks. And then we had some fun. I'm still scared to like turn, but I'm scared I'm going to get stuck in a spin. Ah, oh, it's so much fun to watch. I <laughs> love shooting. I love and hate shooting video of new tandem instructors. Because obviously it's making my job harder when someone's unable to hold a heading. Yeah. But the, but the look of terror <laughs> in the eyes of a brand new tandem instructor who's just potato chipping like crazy <laughs> and discovering that they are not able to hold a heading. Yeah. Oh boy, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Here's your dumb tip for the, for the day. Once you're in drogue fall, so in other words, you've left, you've set the drogue, you've checked your handles, grab your student by the shoulders and push him down your body. Yeah. Because with those attachment points, they can slide forward and backwards, right? Yeah. Push them down your body? Yep. So you're going to push them so they are settled in your body. And what it's doing is two things. Number one, it's making sure they're even. Because of the play of adjustment points, they can actually be twisted on your body slightly, which actually what might be what makes it harder to control. Number one. Number two, by pushing them down, I'm exposing my shoulders to the air more, which gives me more opportunity to control it. Third, on opening, if they're sitting, and naturally, you're actually going to, as you start doing this, you're going to find that, like, oh, my gosh, they sit high on me regularly. On opening, if they sit high on you, what do they do to you on opening? 
they sink down on you. Yeah. It's going to be way more comfortable on them and you if you slide them down. So on opening, they're already there, and they just get stood up with you. Yeah. So I actually taught a, a buddy of ours, Blake Barton, this recently, and he came back from a jump. He's like, okay. It, it makes a difference. So, you know, we talk about you only have your arms and legs to fly a tandem, right? Yeah. Actually, you have their whole body. Yeah. Because their shoulders are connected to what? My shoulders. So within limits, if I dip my left shoulder, what am I doing? Dipping there left shoulder so if they're high on me and they're slack in those uppers i don't control them as well if i can settle them down and move around i can actually control them and me better yeah right because blake's actually telling me it's like i want to say like yesterday maybe what that slop sliding down yeah i love it he's already sharing yeah, him back dude blake's a good bloke. the reason that i asked uh to clarify up or, or down I, I see hank commonly push the student up yeah which as a videographer i really like because it puts their face more in the sunlight like i sometimes hank will just totally hide behind the passenger like i won't even see hank i'll just maybe see a little bit of the it's top hard of to hide if you're hank <laughs> but uh, but yeah maybe he him being a bigger felon i'm sure his experience helps a whole lot with that yeah yeah no for sure hank is uh so one of the things hank does is he dresses for success man like, I've been teased when people see me going to town, like, man, you wear all that drag. And and so you remember doing a video of me with a German gymnast who didn't know what to do yeah, with her legs. a green suit flying with both of her feet straight down. It was great. <laughs> Dude, this is freaking crazy how far down her legs go, man. It's absolutely... I wonder if I could find a picture of that. Um, I can very easily find and send it to you because of how accessible it is on my Facebook. I think there's a picture of Blair doing a tandem in Australia, and she's, like, touching her toes out in front of her. That was pretty cool. Um, so it, 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 um, this girl didn't know what to do. And when we, she had no idea that her legs were doing this. When, uh, when we landed people, I just tagged you in the post. When we, uh, landed people actually watch the video and go, you stage this. I said, what do you mean? I stage this. You had her do that so you could prove that you need drag on your upper body because you always preach. I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna fucking do this to prove. Look at this. this picture Look at you. this shit, dude. <laughs> That's not the worst position. The next one. Wait a minute. One more. That's pull time. And of course, this tips a super head low. And I'm not wearing all my drag. I'm wearing sleeves. And I I did everything I could to keep us head level, man. Super sweet girl, man. She left the plane, by the way, great. Her her body position on exit was solid. I don't know how she got her legs because that's, that's hard. hard. Yeah, man, yeah. Uh, that's like harder than. Yeah. <laughs> that's good, dude. What were you, you shot that picture, Nick? What were you thinking? I I don't know. I I don't know if I was happy. Do you laugh when you see that shit? Oh, dude, you got it, <laughs> dude. I would I would have been laughing had I. At this point, I'm like enjoying it. I mean. As long as the student is having a good time and the fall rate isn't totally fucked, it's pretty fun when this happens. Yeah. I actually, if you watch the video, I try to hook her legs with my legs and try to sweep yeah, them back. no way. They're so far forward. Try twice. After two tries, if you can't get it, move on. How many things are the rule of twice in skydiving? Everything. Well, not everything, no, but most things. Most, right? Exactly. So try. Man, I gave it two tries after that. I'm like, well, hey, check it out, Nick. This bitch is doing crazy shit. <laughs> That's so good. God, opening was so wonky, dude. So wonky, man. Huge fan of wearing drag on the upper part of your body. A huge, huge fan. So uh, what's next, man? What What are the continuing skydiving goals for you? Oh, man. Um, I definitely want to work in the sport for the next few years. Uh, tandems mainly. I'm not really interested in AFF yet. It scares me a little. 
Why? And I get it to a point, but I want to hear your whys. Chasing students, I don't... I feel like I like being in control a little more. And then, I don't know, man, I don't know if I could, like, get there sometimes. Like, I've watched some of the videos, and it's, like, crazy. Students, what they can get up to. So, I feel like doing tandems, I, I kind of, like, they're, they're strapped to me, so I can still, like, fly them. But I feel like with AFF, like, man, it's scary, bro. I've seen some videos where, like, they're getting low, and the student's, like, gone. It's like Where the, the instructor gets low? Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, both. Like, the instructor, like, can't hold on to the student, loses the student. Where levels suck. Yeah. One's high, one's low. Yeah. Dude, I, real quick, I just giggled because I got to throw this out. A girl named Lauren watching the show, Lori, uh, Lauren uh, Elliot Mannheim, she called the possum, she called the armadillo a tactical possum. <laughs> and I just, I'm sorry, I love that. Man, so I hear so many instructors who have tons of oh shit stories. Oh shit, this happened. Oh shit, this happened. And they tell the stories about how they save the day by stopping a spin, by catching a student, rolling them over. And straight up, I have respect that they did that job. But I'm not that impressed that they have that many oh shit stories. Do you know why? No. It means that they're not flying in their fucking slot. They're letting problems happen. You should have a... Now, I know... Sorry, that's very aggressive from <laughs> someone who's done exactly zero AFF jumps. But it's exactly <laughs> the response I appreciate. You should have a ton of almost OSHA stories. Now, you haven't got to know Raul really good this year, but you know Raul. Yeah, I know Raul. He was like... He hung out a lot more at the start of the year. Super active AFF instructor once upon a time. Highly respectful. Raul has a bunch of almost oh shit stories. I have a ton. I do have a couple of shit stories. It's going to happen if you do it long enough. But I have a ton of almost oh shit. Just started doing I stopped it. Fuck you, not on my watch, buddy. Um, Pedro, actually, have you noticed Pedro doesn't have a lot of oh shit stories? No surprise. Well, right? Well, why no surprise, Jackson? Why do you think he doesn't have a lot of oh shit stories? Because he's quick onto it. Not because he's quick onto it. He's already on it. If you never let them get away, you never have to do your job. If you can't touch your student, you're not a good boy. If you can't reach out and grab your student, <laughs> you're a bad boy. Being naughty, <laughs> yeah, naughty, even naughty, naughty, mate. You're naughty, like, you're naughty. Like, you're like a piece of driftwood, naughty, <laughs> proper naughty, <laughs> proper naughty. <laughs> Man, if you if you got to chase them down, you never did your job. You should be able to reach out and stop anything. I show a video in the AFF course of a guy named Brian Harrell. And the student on a two-instructor release barrel rolls onto his back. And before he lands on his back, Brian grabs his side and puts him back on his belly. The student never got away. I still agree with you. It's a harder job. It's more challenging. The student on a tandem shouldn't get away from you. Ever. Hopefully. <laughs> but, man, uh, an AFF, no matter how good you are, it is going to happen one day. I feel like I'm definitely not ready for it, but either. Like, I doesn't interest me either but at the moment do you believe you're not ready for it physically emotionally but if it's if it's if it's physically it's both because emotionally is definitely yeah. an answer definitely both okay i'm going to disagree with you i think if you went on the physical not the emotional the emotional i, I can't that you got to want it man yeah if you don't want it do what you want to do brother i respect that but I firmly believe that if I took you in an AFF course and went through a week's worth of training with you, that you would A, learn the skills, and B, maintain the skills. I think you are more than capable of being a good flyer and a good instructor. When does an AFF skydive start? Day you made him, I guess. Man, I love you so much, sir. And it's good training. 
How many instructors? Pedro, let's go back to Pedro. Pedro is on his student. But Pedro, I love because how comprehensive of a trainer is he? He's good, man. He's like... But did he overload you? No, he's very educational, but like he knows where to draw the line, which is awesome. He's a very balanced instructor, right? Yeah. Man, if you train them well, but don't overtrain them, he doesn't have a lot. Man, Pedro doesn't have a lot of retarded students and doesn't have to catch a lot of problems. Sorry, Excuse I was me. triggered by the uh, <laughs> R word. <laughs> as soon as you giggled, I know what it was because I use the word a lot, and you always make fun of me for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I you mean, I use it all the time. It's just funny to say it in like a. On the podcast, it's the only thing that's funny. Like, if, if you said this to me in personal conversation, I'd be like, what a fucking retard, and I wouldn't think about it. <laughs> it's so funny because we have words we won't use on the show that we use publicly or personally, and then we have shows, words that we, like, just what makes it okay on the show and not okay on the show is totally arbitrary, I think, in our minds. Yep. So, Pedro doesn't have a lot of students that go off the reservation physically. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man, I think it's because he does a good job training. I think you would be an excellent trainer from the beginning. I think you'd need some hip, tips and hints. But people relax around you. You're patient in communication. If people don't understand you, you don't mind talking about it more. And I think I can train you to have this to polish the skills you need. So I physically think you're more than capable. I think by far you you can do it. When you're ready. Yeah. Two or three years down the road, I'm a dude. I don't mind. I'm not even gonna try to talk you into that. I'll part. come back to the writing center, dude. Back to where it all started, man. Here's what I ask you to do, and I'll beg you to do, and make me one agreement. You'll go to an examiner who will train you well. Yeah, I would love it to be me. Please let me do your AFF rating. But if you tell me you went to Brom Clement at Skydive Ratings, I'm gonna say you got trained well, my friend. You said I went to Michael Watkins at Excel Skydiving. I'm going to say you made a bad... I'm kidding. I love Michael Watkins. I got a lot of respect for him before anybody takes that out of context, man. <laughs> if you tell me you went to Joe Blow at Silly Acme Skydiving Services, I'm going to say, bro, no. Joe Blow, not Joe Blow. Yeah, yeah. So just make sure you do it with a good bloke. With a... Top bloke. Amen, brother. <laughs> man, I, we regularly say it's already been two hours. Nick. It's already been two hours. But, <laughs> man, how fast has this one gone by? Uh, Pretty quick. Man. Time flies and you having fun. Jacko, I love having you in my life, dude. I, I, I really want to talk more about life with you, but we just went all over the place, and this has been brilliant. This has been what I expected, and I'm so happy you made it here. It's been oh, fun. Uh, there's a vote here that you should keep the mustache. I'm going to have to go ahead and like that comment. <laughs> What up, Brian Schmidt? Respect, buddy. Pin comment. Pin comment. Now you got to. Yeah, you pinned it to the top. It's the first comment. Oh, that yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Corey Fortner, you pinned him to the top. Oh, well, I fucked up. No, no, I did it right. Corey, yeah, yeah, you're the yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, he's the one who said it, man. Thanks, Corey. Corey. I'm on your side, brother. Corey going to be in a, uh, a camp, of course, with us sometime soon. America Parmies are horrible. Josh Hawkins, <laughs> you're horrible. <laughs> yeah. How good are Texas Roadhouse buns? Oh, mate, they are the duck's nuts. <laughs> I love that word, the duck's nuts. Did I get them takeaway? Chuck them in the microwave for a couple seconds? They're bloody lovely. How much budget Jackson personally thinks is needed during a jump package year, a year jump package to survive like food, living, personal care so yeah man let's before we wrap up i love this man thank you rolito rolito is a buddy of ours um somebody's coming to the jump package how much money should they have saved away to survive the year here um like after the package like yes the package i'll probably say like close to like 15 to maybe 20 15 to 20 dollars grand grand 
I think more the better, but you can definitely do it cheap. Like get away with ten grand. Okay, easy. So how do you, how do you do it the cheapest way possible? Because I think you've kind of I started off doing it both the sides way. of these. Right? I lived in a TP for like I want to say two months, but um, you were a, a citizen of Tent City. Tent City. Tensity was awesome at the start, man. It was like a community. Dude, it was a cool... I got pictures of early t- like early Tent City when it was at its heyday. But it's doable, right? If someone really doesn't have oh, the budget for, sure. for, for a trailer. Well, Billy and Raimundo and, and Janice have stayed in the TPs all year. So like, it's definitely doable. But I just Billy, Raimundo, and who? Uh, Jenners. The Jenners. Yeah, yeah. Brothers. But um, you definitely do it cheap for like 10 grand. But um, I think the more money, the better. Like Coaching-wise, it's super valuable on the package. So to pay for that coaching... But it's actually the number one. I don't know if you realize this. Every single person who comes to Jump Package, they say plan for more m- more money for coaching. Yeah. All of them say That's that. That's the one thing I didn't think about. Although I was just going to learn off each other, you, which you can do. But like coaching super valuable. Like Dustin, we've got heaps of coaching of him this year. Oh, Dusty. He's been a legend. But um, yeah, but like it's super valuable on the package as well because like you can get coaching for a day, but like you can legit work on it the next day and do another eight, ten jumps the next day learning what you just learned yesterday. Compared to like someone doing jumps weekends and they might have to wait a couple of weeks to do it again. So it's like fresh. You lived in Tent City. Yeah. You talk about coaching. I'm sorry, you done with coaching? I cut you off. Yeah, no, no. You lived in Tent City. Now you live in a trailer. Yeah. How much has that helped your comfort and ability to... Oh, it's been bloody wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that, Sheila's? Come check out <laughs> the trailer. Yeah. It's awesome. I live in the ghetto. It's quite I nice. love your accent, Nick. You do it so well, man. I'm it whole... sounds like shit to me, but it's fine. How does his accent, his Aussie accent? It's good. It's funny. I walked out to Lady Girl the other day. I don't know who I was doing, Blake. I was like, oh, Blake, how you going? And you're like, hey, going? How you going, mate? <laughs> how you fucking going? Yeah. I'm so horrible at accents. You actually crush it, dude. I'm like, you've heard me do accents. It's I do the Asian accent well because I just act like my mother. And that's about it, mm. man. So, dude. Um, oh, I forgot where we were at. Oh, uh, coaching, money, living, 15, money. 20 grand. But like, you could definitely do it with 10. Easy, like, if you manage your money well, but like... Live in a van, live in a tent. Yeah. 15 is probably like a sweet number. But it's kind of easy once you get here to find roommates and find people yeah. that yeah. you might sort out a different living situation, right? For sure. I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people is it's it's hard to develop that solid plan yeah. of where I'm going to stay, what I'm going to do. Oh, I don't have a trailer yet. Yeah. What, what do you think about people having those worries? Yeah, it's quite daunting coming here, like not knowing anyone. But like, I've been here for like two weeks and I feel like I've known everyone for my whole life. So they're super open here. But um, yeah, it is tricky when you don't know who's here to like organize plans before you get here. Like if you come over with a bunch of mates, that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, it's kind of just come over here and figure it out. <laughs> I don't know how good that is. <laughs> Dude, you know, but some of the best people we've dealt with on the package have done that. Like, I mean, planning money wisely is super, super helpful. But I think also being open to ride that ride, man. Being open to go, when I get there, I'm going to learn a little bit more about what's going on. When I get there, I'm going to figure it out. I think there's a very fair expectation there. Yeah. You don't know who's going to be here. I mean, how different have the last two years been in Jump Package guys? I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty different crowd every year. But, I mean, I... I feel like it's uh, it it brings pretty good people. I mean, I think For it, sure. it says something about a person who's willing to give up their whole life and be a bum skydiver for a year. It's like that for the most part, the people who are successful enough in life to do that and bold enough in life to do that, they've probably got some some pretty good qualities about them. So, but the, yeah, I, I would say it's different crowds. 
No doubt about it, man. So, guys, gals, please come check it out. Jackson, we're going to turn into pumpkins anytime soon. We've really uh, hit that limit before we die. We're old people. We go to bed early. Anything else you want to share, number one, about the jump package with people who are going to come here next year? Um, do it. But, um, yeah, come prepare with like, a decent amount of money and be open to uh, not so much getting heaps of jumps, but just more quality because you can waste a lot of jumps, which is like cool if you want to do that. But, yeah, don't come expecting to do heaps of jumps. Like Try and get a little more skill out of it. Be like Jackson. Come here and listen. I love how I see you sometimes shut your mouth even though you don't agree and you take away whatever information you can. Yeah. And other people might make excuses or give their reasons and logic where they're not really getting a lesson out of it, man. So a lot of respect to you for that. Anything else you want to tell people about Mr. Jackson uh, and skydiving? Oh, Jackson. I don't know. But again, with the jump hey, like just be open to yeah. like to advice and everything. But um, yeah, just do it. Just do it. You said you had one last thing you were going to bring up at the end of the show, Mr. P. We hit 50,000 downloads this week. I think that's pretty cool. Well, that's 50? Cool. 50,000. Yep. Damn. Just checked it out. Son. We, ha- we haven't celebrated a number, I think, since like 10,000. No. So. No. And, pretty and, fun. And, dude, that is 50,000? Cool. Yeah. 50,000 people have downloaded at least. Uh, I've yeah. downloaded a couple. We we have wasted so much bandwidth. I know. If you, if you think about, let's, I mean, I don't know what percentage of those get listened to, and especially get listened to all the way through. Yeah. But fuck. Sorry, world. Yeah, it's uh, I do get some of those metrics and it's definitely not all of them. Um, but man, it's 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 amazing. I, I was speaking with a good friend of mine recently who doesn't uh, skydive and doesn't know much about the podcast world. But we were talking about the show and I was able to say, actually, I've, I've had a couple of different accolades and rewards for uh, different emails I've been sent for the number one rated skydiving podcast. These are all rated by non skydiving po- uh, uh, skydiving entities. And he goes, why do you think you guys are rated number one? I'm like, because we have the most content. So we are the number one shittiest podcast <laughs> out there, man, because uh. there's some really decent podcasts. There's some really good podcasts out there, and I can't believe that people would download us that. Thank you, guys. Mm. Um, I'm insulting your intelligence now by saying I can't believe you would well, do this. It's funny because I, I was listening to this podcast like just over a year ago like, uh-huh. and like listening to the Jump Package ones because I wanted to come do it. Here you are, man. Yeah, I'm on the podcast. It's hilarious. It's fucking awesome, <laughs> man. I made it. You did it. Dude, I, I look so forward to having you on, man. Jackson, I hope you're here again next year because if you are, we're going to have you back on in the early part of the season. Uh, I, I can't wait. I just There's so much more if to you share. If you leave, you're coming you. back again before you leave. Yeah, I'm definitely going to come back for summer for sure. Dude, I would love to see it, man. Thank you so much for being here. Mr. P, any Thanks last things? Me? Hey, when, oh, when's yeah. your birthday? Christmas Day. That's Christmas fucking weird. Day. I'm celebrating your birthday instead of Jesus's every <laughs> year from now on. So my birthday is New Year's Eve. On New Year's, so so people tell me all the time, and and I actually dated a girl who was Christmas Day. Do you get gypped cool for your gifts on Christmas? Parents are pretty good about it. I'll get like birthday and Christmas, and like grandma and that. That will give me like two, but me mates are fucking shocking. So my parents, <laughs> what? Me mates are fucking shocking. What are you talking? What does that mean? It means they're hopeless. Like they're hopeless. Shocking is bad. Sh- shocking. Shock. Oh, shocking! What did you think I said? I thought you said chalking, and Fuck I didn't you know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know what that I meant. I thought you said shocking until you said chalking. Now I'm like, what's chalking? Yeah, I'm sorry, my bad. Yeah, my dad's a December baby, and my parents overcompensated. They gave me way big birthday gift to make sure they didn't forget mine. So it always was a goal of mine for me. It always paid off. Yeah, 
But yeah, I usually just get like one from my mates. But like family members are pretty good about. It. Yeah, I don't get. I I most of my friends that I traditionally have not known when my birthday is. I've actually thrown New Year's Eve parties at my house and had people come over for a New Year's, New Year's Eve party and halfway through and I go, "It's your birthday." I'm like, "Yeah, it is." I'm like, "I'm not here." It's a party. I'm not big on birthdays. I yeah. think that's just because I'm born on Christmas Day, so I don't really celebrate that much. I don't celebrate it because, number one, everybody's already partying on my birthday. You get that. Yeah. Number two, on your birthday, you become the center of attention. I'm pretty good at that already. I don't need any more help at doing it. So I actually kind of like, like, it's an arbitrary thing. Hey, you're one day older, and we're going to say a lot about you being one day. I just I woke up another morning. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for celebrating me waking up today. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's lovely. Cool, man. Jacko, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It's been Dude, awesome. You're so welcome, man. I'm really excited next week. Next week, we have a guy named Jeremy Brown. Jeremy Brown is a buddy of mine. I know him from a few different things, uh, but he runs a couple podcasts. One of them is very similar to ours in format, but it's meant more for uh, endurance coaching. It is caffeine and coaching. Uh, he's an endurance athlete. The other one is like a two-minute blurb. Um, eh, oh, my God. I won't remember the name of it right now, so I won't completely fuck it up. Um, um Mental Mastery, that is actually the name of it. Super cool. Uh, Jeremy's a great guy. I'm excited, number one, because we get to talk a little bit about health and fitness, which I think Nick Lott gets to enjoy a little bit. Um, I was going to make a fitness joke. Fitness pizza in my mouth? Uh, I was going to use a different word than pizza, but yeah, you got it. Okay. Waffles. Waffles. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I also I, I like the idea that he is a coach, and he coaches at a pretty high level, and we can compare coaching conversations. Um, he's also done two tandems. One at Spaceland, one at something nothing like Spaceland, and it's very interesting to him to compare those stories. And he's interested in skydiving, and, and as you might know, I like having new jumpers on the show, so it's going to be very interesting to have, let him talk to us about learning to skydive. Are you going to set some uh, triathlon goals? Manton, um, yes. You have an interest, at least. Can yes. you say that? I, I had to qualify. Tri- so in my brain, I have to remember triathlon and Ironman are very different. Yeah, or very man's a type of triathlon. Yeah. But you're going to do like a sprint distance triathlon, which is a the 5K run. So I fucking I don't remember I don't remember. 2 mile run I think. Yeah, 5K run um two, whatever. So yeah, it's a short triathlon. So I'm I'm going to do that eventually a full triathlon and I done the indoor bike century ride. Do you know what century ride is? Never heard of a ride 100 miles. Oh. Done it on the indoor um, and I'm interested in looking at doing an outdoor century ride. So I, uh, the only, I have one problem with actually doing the century ride on a bike. At minimum, I'm going to spend twelve, thirteen hundred dollars on a bike if I get into this idea, and I do not want to spend that much money on a fucking bicycle just to do one century ride, man. So it's just like, ah. So I've got the sprint distance, uh, four hundred to five hundred yards or meters of swimming. 12 to 15 miles of cycling and typically a 3.1 mile, which is a 5K run. How long is an Olympic-sized pool? Uh, 25 meters is what I thought. Like what, what Down and back is 50 meters, I'm pretty certain. So down and back is 50 meters. You said 4 to 600, correct? 4, four to 500 is what this says. So let's just call it 500. 500, so that's 10 laps. I mean 10, 10 full. 10 back and forth. Yes, 10 back and forth. <laughs> I'm picturing a pool. That, uh, the pool. Um, man, yeah. I'm I'm interested. I don't know. 
if I'm committed yet, but that's going to be part of next week's goal. So, Jeremy, we're going to talk about coaching in different sports. We're going to talk about some of these things. He is a huge follower of uh, of, uh, of of Goggins, David Goggins, of Simon Sinek, of, of people you, myself, and Stephen talk about all the time. So we have very uh, like-minded individuals. And we get to hear from a Wuffo his questions about what it's like to learn to skydive. So, guys and gals, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Gravity Lab Radio. Till then, get the fuck out of my house, Jackson. <laughs> it's really <Bye>. rude. <laughs> it's aggressive, right? <laughs> uh, you knew I was going to say it. I saw you waiting for it. <laughs>